Hello everyone, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley wishing a nice day to everyone there, right there, at True Heel Heat. Yeah! <laughs> Rob Van Dam, listen to True Heel Heat. Pow! <laughs> you already know what time it is, man. The young goat in the building. Make sure you tune in to True Hill Heat Podcast. Welcome to True Heel Heat, the place where we use insider terms because we think we know what the fuck we're talking about, even though we don't. My name's Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and I'm better than you, and you know it. I know what I want to talk about. I know what I want to talk about. It's a celebration. We celebrate is 6K subs for the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We're celebrating... Well, no, nah, F all that. We celebrate the Lakers out here. We love L.A. We love L.A. I told y'all. I told y'all. Y'all trying to tell me we weren't going to do it. We did it. We did it. We going to the second round. We going to the conference finals. We going all over the place. It's true. We're on Heat 223. Lakers all day. I ain't even going to hit the intro, man. Fuck all that. We going hello 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 it is me it is me your true hill feed sp3 we are live on the true hill heat youtube and facebook for true hill heat 223 drafting amends and attorneys we are discussing the latest wrestling news including wwe being sued for racist storylines pitch cm punk showing up backstage at wwe raw to make amends recap of this week in wrestling with wwe smackdown featuring the start of the wwe draft 2023 and what a start it was aew dynamite featuring roderick strong shocking debut rampage raw nxt stardom all-star grand queendom new japan and two shows DCW had a show, Impact, ROH, and plus we're going to hear the co-host match of the week picks. We are here with a, with an all-star cast. It's not the usual faces you see. Miss Chrissy Love is taking a trip to Washington, D.C. Top guy JJ is probably clocking in for work. So I had to bring out the big guns. So we're talking about a lawsuit. I had to bring in the True Hill Heat attorney himself, the man of a thousand and four numbers, the Stat King. What's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a copy of the of the complaint up. I've looked it over. It's it's uh, some some pretty interesting things there. Some pretty pretty interesting things written in that complaint. But I'm sure we're gonna get to it, guys. Glad for you to be back on the show. We only have second on True LE podcast, but it's about <laughs> it's about uh, law stuff, lawsuits. This is where we usually have them here, and we also got the very intelligent doctor himself, the professor, the co-host of the NWA podcast. You see him doing his written work on WrestleNomics as well, Doctor Chris Ely. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm, go, I'm with you. Go Lakers. I know uh, Kobe and Gigi are uh, smiling above. Very, very happy at what I saw yesterday. Um, I spent uh, the beginning of the night um, talking crap to Memphis fans because I got Tennessee connections. I went to high school in Tennessee. Uh, and then I spent the rest of the night, the majority of the night, the bulk of my night, uh, writing this uh, editorial on this um, Brittany Abrahams lawsuit with uh, WWE. So I'm glad to be here. I actually e um, sent a message to uh, Stephanie last week. So I'm glad I had no clue she was going to be on the show. Um, 
today. I sent a message to Stephanie last night because um, I there was a specific part of my research where I remembered um, it was Bianca Belair and somebody suggested that her and Becky be in a hair versus hair match. Um, I don't know if you remember this. And you were like, absolutely not. not. And I read it in your Stephanie Hypes voice. <laughs> so I was like, and I just couldn't you read it in that. my voice. It probably sounded like absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is the new verbiage. Stephanie Hypes voice. And of course, the final member of our panel here with her voice, her signature voice. I had to say the best for last, the co-host of Certain Face in Heels. She's doing content all over the place. SE Scoobs, Wrestling News. I, I see her everywhere now. She is Stephanie Hypes. How you doing? What's up, y'all? So I didn't get the fucking memo, but I have my Lakers jersey over there. And now I feel like I need to go put it on. Okay, so <laughs> long story longer. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I, so me and my dad grew up, like I grew up watching the Lakers. I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Huge Kobe Bryant fan. If you saw when I went to Mania, I actually went and saw the mural and posted a photo uh, with it. Um, however, you guys are going to be mad at me. So for the last like 10 years of my life, I've been the Warriors fan. So I go, I, look, here's the thing. I'm not, a LeBron, I'm not a LeBron fan, you guys. And so for me, I'm like, I don't mind if the Lakers win. I prefer if the Warriors win, but it's all Cali love. It's all Cali love yeah. from the hype here. So. I'm the exact same way about the Warriors. I I actually want to play the Warriors uh, this year because I, I get tired of beating the Kings. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want I, I want the Warriors this year, but you know I, I'm cool I, with whatever. I'm good either way because yeah. if we reverse the Warriors, you get LeBron versus Steph again. That's always great. It's going to be in the yes. Western Conference. And I think the yes. winner of that series will go on to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. Probably win because the Bucks ain't around anymore. Well, no, the Warriors um, can't seem to close this out. So the Lakers are already looking that's, better. That's why, that's why I said I don't mind either way because I don't <laughs> mind versing the Sacramento Kings so I can pull out the rock clip out of the archives and I'll be back to beat the kings in may yes <laughs> i can't we'll I think if, if lebron wins this year i'm gonna put he's like the seventh greatest laker of all time um if he wins this year that's where i'm but you, sorry did you say seventh <laughs> that was very specific i have a top 10 lakers that i go through all the time i, I do too I like do too. when you're talking just, all it, time it, for lebron you you can put him higher but when it's specifically the lakers, the lakers. it's gonna be yeah. like kobe magic either or kareem shaq um, people, I like got that. you. I just yeah. wasn't expecting you to say the seventh best seventh. Lake girl. Like, I was <laughs> like, What? You really thought about it. Before it's very specific. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it wasn't top five. He didn't say top. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's, he's, got, he's got to win three. He's got to win three. Best he's gotta, yeah, he's got to win three to be top five. That's that's fair. 
That is fair. I, I do have a bunch of Lakers ahead of them, but I'm just happy the Lakers are in the second round because it did mm-hmm. not look good when we were two and twelve. So I know, December, December, <laughs> I man, just... comment. Bollaby, it's our. I actually just posted it last night, but there you go. This night, but today we're on Tree Hill Heat. My 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 home. This is my home. So. It's well, Sorry. thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> of course, thank you all for joining us live here on the flagship <sighs> podcast, the Saturday night, the Saturday morning uh, cookout. Remember to drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, family on all your favorite social media platforms. Mm-hmm. If you are new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. We want to thank you all. If you have already subscribed because you have helped us push to six. 6,000 subscribers. We have over 2,000 subscribers that we gained in this first four months of the year so far and hitting another milestone of 6,000 this morning. Very great news to start off the show. And of course, sound off in the live chat. We want to hear from all of you. Give us your thoughts on all the latest wrestling news we're going to discuss on this show. And of course, if you're feeling a little generous, you want to give back to the True Hill Heat Nation, you could do that with a super chat donation, just like the good brother Vala B here. Vala B with the super chat donation to start us off. He says, hey friends, hope y'all had a good week. Big Lakers W, yes. 6KW, yes. Big Knicks W, okay. Uh, CM Punk <laughs> trying to men, uh, quote unquote, men fences with people who he legally can. Uh, Roddy shocking everyone. Racist writers room, not new at all. There, yeah, there was a lot going on this week. I I'm did not expect we were going to talk week. about it, but Come on, CM Punk was such a PR move. Like, as a marketing person, even I knew what that was about. And everyone's like, oh, he's going back to... No, he's not. He knows what he's doing. I was like, I was like, it got him in the news. Like, Vince McMahon doing rewrites was like news for like five minutes, and then CM <laughs> the CM Punk news came up. So he stole headlines from Vince McMahon. We've been doing this stuff every week on this podcast of who is going to be in the in the opening title. Is it going to be Punk or is it going to be Vince? And pretty right. much the whole year, one it's been one or the other. It's been my one guy, or the other. My guy, my guy is never not working, people. we got dolores in the chat saying what's up everyone also with the plug there join true hill heat patreon uh best money you will spend three dollars a month get you exclusive content as well as the true hill heat prediction championship we got uh drunk guy jj sober guy jj saying trinity looking back at it like yeah i know it's fat I, I didn't read that beforehand. Uh, he says, taking a true heel heat shit. Watching my good brother's good morning to everyone. Of course, Sober Guy JJ would say all this. And he also says, 6K subs and Lakers in six. It was meant to be SP3. Yes, what's three, to- what's, what's three times two? It is six. 6K subs, Lakers in six. Wow, that be- jumps. Wow. <laughs> wow. SP3, three times Did two? you think about you know? that ahead of time that you were going <sighs> to nope. say it today? Or you nope. just... Okay. It, it, it's kind of like my rant on FMC <laughs> on Tuesday where I was like, I was like, you know, you know, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. He's number 23. They say LeBron James, one of the greatest players of all time. He's number 23. Austin Reeves scored 23. I was like, it's a full circle moment. <laughs> Off the it dome. Hits, it just hits me. Off just the hits. dome. Look at this. <laughs> Negro Bucks saying LOL on the wrestling podcast. And of course, SP3 wants to talk about basketball. Yes! Correct. It's the Lakers. 
Lakers. spent more time already talking about basketball. Hey, my missus bought me it's this. It's okay, though. This I like basketball. It's okay. My missus bought me this jacket. And she was like, I'm it's wondering nice why, you ain't, why you ain't wear it yet. I was like, I was waiting for a right time. I was waiting for the right time. <laughs> so is right this the debut? Is this the first time you're wearing it? This, this is the first time I'm officially wearing it. I wow. showed it off on FMC uh, on Tuesday, but this is the first time I'm actually wearing it because we in the <laughs> second round. Start off two and twelve, and we in the second round. Uh, Delores saying congratulations, THH on six K. We got real take wrestling saying hello, friends. Lawsuits, returns, debuts. Wrestling is a wild ass ride. That's to say the least. Uh, Negro Bug saying, oh, we got a star-studded panel today. What's up, SP3? What's up, Stat King, Stephanie, and Professor Chris? Yes, the whole whole fam, the whole fam. Mm -hmm. We had we had to we just have Chrissy Love taking the week off, and we just brought everybody. She's gonna be mad when she sees the screen. She's gonna be like, You had (laughs) Stephanie. She said she she was gonna try and jump in. Okay. If she if she gets a moment, she said she's gonna try and stop in. So we'll we will see. We'll see. We, we we shall see and thank Stay you tuned. for all the love, all the congrats for uh 6k subs and for the Lakers. The Lakers are, are playing in May. I'm happy, I'm happy, y'all. And of course, we want to shout out all of y'all for supporting us across social media and the True Hill Heat YouTube channel and Patreon. We'll say that we do with the True Hill roll call. Our top three conversation starters on our True Hills group page. We got Stewie Palmer. Alan Weinstein, and the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. Our Patreon backers, we got Nick Jackson. We got ALW, Vala B, Alex McCarthy, Professor Chris, Austin K, you my boy Blue, Yachty, Robert, Steve, Antoine, Fifth Generation, Carney, Ladarius, John, Dan, Kobe, Queen Monet, Dolores, John, uh, DJ Eric, Beep Boot, Marcus, Justin, Jennifer Jackson, and Alan Banky. And shouts out to Alex McCarthy. He wasn't able to, to join us this morning. He's He's had emergency. It seems like every time we we have a ball, something goes wrong. So I must I must hold off on inviting him on the show for a while, so he can. <laughs> so he can. Or just do it. Just, life just, a just like do it where you don't plan it, and just send him the link, That's and then he'll be do. like, you know what? I'm gonna hop on, and it'll just be a surprise for everybody. For like the next three Saturdays, I'm gonna send him the link. That that's a great idea. I'm gonna send him the link. I'm not gonna promote it. I'm just gonna send him the link so he could be a surprise guest. But there you go. let's we got a lot of wrestling to discuss. Not not just my Lakers be, beating uh the Grizzlies and going on to the second round and probably beating Sacramento or Golden State and probably going to the Western Conference Final. All oh, right, I, calm I'm, down. I'm I'm not I'm not uh, supposed to be talking okay. about that. Let's get into what we missed and what we missed. We're starting off with Friday Night SmackDown, and it was night one of the WWE draft. And boy, oh boy, a lot went down. The show featured uh, night one of the WWE draft where SmackDown selected, of course, with the number one overall pick, the Bloodlines, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. You also had them pick up in a shocker. The Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Of course, if Bianca is going to go there, Montez has to go too. In the second round, Montez and Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits, were picked up, as well as WWE Hall of Famer Edge. In the third round, they picked up Bobby Lashley and the OCs, AJ Styles, Meechin, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. Uh, and then in the final round on the show, they picked up Damage Control, Bailey, Eo Sky, and Dakota. 
Dakota Kai, as well as NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, the Dawn of Fire, while Raw went up and, and selected in the first round the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. He's got to finish the story with the second place title. Uh, you got your girl, Stephanie Becky Lynch, in the first round. <laughs> second round, they picked up Imperium's Ludwig Kaiser, uh, Giovanni Vinci, and the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther. They picked up Matt Riddle. Third round, they picked up Drew McIntyre and The Miz. And then in the final round, the fourth round, Shinsuke Nakamura and NXT Women's Champion, Indy Hartwell. So... NXT just lost all their women's champions in one night. Uh, you also had AJ Styles officially return with the OC as they laid out the Viking Raiders on their first night back on Friday Night SmackDown. And then in the main event, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeated the Usos in a very good WrestleMania 39 main event rematch to retain the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. And boy, oh boy, we left on a cliffhanger because it sounded like the whole night solo Zakoa was gonna was gonna lay down the hammer on the usos and he did not look pleased after they lost uh but we shall find out what's next as the bloodline turns stephanie i know you were happy about becky on monday night raw but let's let's be fair and unbiased here who do you think had the better night between smackdown, oh, SmackDown. and raw smackdown i mean if you just if you put the two and two together like the side by sides it, it looks completely lopsided. We do have all of Monday to go. I guess they're also doing some picks today and other yeah. things for people that didn't get picked last night that were eligible. Um, the women, uh, it's stacked on SmackDown in general. Like, they have... So, here's the thing. They have some heavy hitters on SmackDown, but, like, the men, for instance, are all men that Roman hasn't defeated yet, so let's be real. They're over there so Roman can beat them. Uh, but the women's division is looking quite fire right now. And by fire, I mean Alba fire. And is it Isla? I Isla? Isla? Isla. I think it's Isla. Isla? Say it. I think it's Isla. Isla. Isla, Isla Dawn. Isla Dawn. Uh, first of all, I love these two. I'm so happy that they're up there. Why they retain championships, if there's me called up, I don't know. But whatever um i'm so happy to see what they can do on the main roster the smackdown card is the smackdown side right now is just looking extremely stacked becky is carrying raw right now uh <laughs> by herself so i mean there's cody too i guess but uh, we'll see I just don't understand the logic of they pick roman the undisputed universal champion and you pick cody why did you pick Bianca, your your only champion that was available to you so, on this night? So okay, so let me just ask a quick question because I, I know nothing about this. Uh, certain people were only eligible to be drafted on certain nights. Yeah, so there okay, was an so, eligible cause, cause draft pool. When you on were one. when you were running through the list, I was like, why wasn't Seth uh, taken? But I'm assuming yeah. he's a Monday. Available. So Seth yeah, will probably be no the Monday. number one pick gotcha, on Monday, gotcha. most likely. Um, no, but, I would I would think if Raw gets the number one pick on Monday, they should pick Rhea Ripley. They should they should try to get a woman's champion. Yeah, you're yeah. And then well, Rhea's so I'm gonna, trying to I'm trying to figure out what they're doing with that. I swear to Sid as Rhea's he, gonna be able to say that they she was a do first that title swap fan. shit. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're doing it. They pretty <laughs> much confirmed that she they're doing that. it. Yeah, they're, they're doing, doing that bullshit. 
rename the women's titles. Drop the Raw. Yeah. Drop the SmackDown. Just get the, this just is, this is the dumb thing about it. You just need a, a paintbrush. Yeah. I, 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 I don't I don't know why one of those titles can't be like the universal women's title and the world women's title. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, they do this. This is the dumb thing about year. it. Other than so because they're branded, think about this. So Gunther just went over to Raw. So mm -hmm. guess what? His title reign continues because he has the intercontinental title. Bianca, mm -hmm. because she's now over on SmackDown, her Raw Women's title reign now ends. Mm -hmm. And now she is SmackDown Women's Champion, which is a whole nother title reign. So now they're going to end her Raw Women's title reign, even though she didn't lose it. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? If it was the yeah, yeah. WWE Universal Women's title, her reign would continue regardless of which brand she was on. It's like just yeah, it, it, right. I mean, it, SmackDown. It affects, it, it's it dumb. It yeah. Yeah. This, this, the last time they did this, Charlotte dropped her belt on the floor and with Becky. It was stupid then. It was a fucking that mess. Was, that was don't, a put mess. The people, don't put the wrestlers in this in this position or situation. It's yeah. poor planning. Like do something different at Mania then. If you're gonna have if you want her over there, have her drop the right. it just and once again I'm gonna ask the same question I've been asking since Rhea picked Charlotte. Why didn't Rhea just pick Bianca? If you're gonna end her title reign anyway, <laughs> yeah. why did she right. just pick Bianca? This yeah. is not a way to build to just, Bianca and they, like they, dropping like, titles. They, they put themselves in these ridiculous logic so salads to booking. No, we have to have Cody lose because we could tell more stories, but you could also tell stories if he wins. And then we have to do this, uh, have Rhea Ripley take on Bianca but because we want to keep Bianca strong and we want to keep Rhea strong, but we want to switch the brands and it's 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 stupid, it makes no sense. Like someone wrote, they were like, Oh, I think they just want the face off in the ring, them swapping titles, and I'm like, Yeah, no one cares like, about that. It's it, why the, the, it's only, so the only stupid. the only thing I can think of is well, a couple things is one, uh, yeah, it does suck about the days. She's gonna end her end her reign, unfortunately, and the days ends because she's been having a kind of a historic run uh, day wise. But if their plan is to eventually down the road get Bianca versus Rhea at Survivor Series, you can see you're, they're potentially looking at, hey, we're gonna start this with some kind of a face off and issues between the two of them, and then we separate them completely. And we just let that stew in the back of people's minds for about six months. And then we come back to it all of a sudden. And people go, oh, there were some issues between the two of them. They were butting heads. And Rhea can can say then. But there's if, been if, issues no, between no, them since last summer. I'm, they were hey, building to it when Beyond when before yeah, you got to, won the Royal Rumble. Buddy, buddy, yeah. you got to remember, I don't, I don't watch this. I know. I'm, I know. I'm, only, I'm only dealing with... I'm that's only dealing letting, with the facts that I that's know. That's why I'm letting you know. <laughs> but, I'm letting you know that this but, has been an issue between well, them. And to your since point, July, your point. when Rhea won the number one contendership and then got injured and had to go away, then okay. they did face-offs. They would face each other off every time in the backstage area. They would have little stare-down. They had a stare-down in Survivor Series at War Games, and it all looked like Rhea was going to win the Royal Rumble and then challenge Bianca Belair. And then she said, oh, no, I remember three years ago I lost to Charlotte. So let me do that. And then WWE said, let us not tell a story and just get to the match at WrestleMania. And then it's all great. And then some fans forget, but I don't. 
The only thing I, the only other thing I will add. Is SP never forgets, they, and Kevin Owen never forgets. When they, when they have that, when they have the promos for Survivor Series, Rhea will be able to say, "If I had picked you after winning the Rumble, I would have had this title already." Because they're going to swap to the raw. She's going to be swapping to the raw title. Yeah. So Didn't will, she already say that to her a week or two I, ago? No idea. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And on the Raw after WrestleMania, they had that little promo exchange where she was like, oh, you're just lucky that I didn't pick you at, at WrestleMania. So I just well, I do want to ask one question. Are are people uh, fully throwing this on uh, on on Vince or is at least uh, Triple H still getting some flack creatively for this? I, this, I really this, this, see. I mean, this is this is Triple H's draft. And I've said wow. this on our show. I think I've said it to SP before. I was like, when the draft happens, it is, in my opinion, from, from mania to draft, in my opinion, it is now fully Triple H's creative and show. Because he now, because he's been playing with Vince's pieces and where they've been. Right. This is now him going, okay, I want these people on these brands for these reasons. So now you're telling me, what your creative vision is based on where he's putting people. So whatever he does in this draft to me is fully on triple H. Now, whether Vince is in the background doing whatever fine, but in my opinion, this is triple H's creative at this point. So we, we have whatever seen... he's doing, like if we're doing title swaps again, right. to me, that's completely on triple H. Cause he, he, he booked mania and now he's booking the draft. And you could do something different. I think some people are hoping for, you know, an okie doke here. And maybe Zelina somehow pulls off a win and and, and, and that's how the title gets over. Wh- whatever. Some people are, are like hoping something happens and that's not a title swap. My my hope is very low. Uh, and I'm typically the positive one around here. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we we have seen we have seen scenarios in, in drafts prior many years ago where somebody gets drafted one night and then he gets drafted right back another time. Can they even, right, yeah, can they that, even do something like that? That has been stupid every single time. I always <laughs> remember, <laughs> I, 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 I remember <laughs> 2011 when Cena got drafted. That's okay, what I'm hold on. Let's be real though. Let's be real though. That shit happens in the NFL and the NBA as well, though. Sometimes they trade, they trade draft, right? Sometimes no, they no, draft somebody yeah. and then they trade them. That does happen. But, but I'm talking I'm talking about the, going the back Cena to one, the Athena yeah. one where he was drafted. He was the first pick to SmackDown in 2011, and then he was the last pick to Raw that's at the end of the night. Yeah. If you're referring to like the Triple H one from 2004, I like that. I like that at the time, but then I realized after learning the behind the scenes stuff that that was just because Triple H didn't want to work on Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it's because and, and then and then they trade Triple H for two black guys, Booker T and uh, Devon Dudley and. Bubba Ray Dudley. I hated everything and about Teddy, that draft. And, and then there's also Teddy Long saying we're going to create a SmackDown World Championship and the final pick is Batista coming over with the world title. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So they yeah. actually have done it more recently. I, I don't I don't quote me on years, but they've done it more recently where I think they look at the, the, the draft pool and they're like, okay, this is a little lopsided. And then they'll say, oh, so-and-so was actually traded, you know, the SmackDown over the weekend. Or they'll say something like that and then Mm-hmm. I, I assume See, I this think, might happen. The way Raw's looking right now, I feel like this might happen. But 
I feel like there are ways that they could have done this to really reinforce the fact that one is on USA owned by NBC and one is on SmackDown owned by Fox. You could have yeah. done something with like actually not necessarily war rooms or actual general managers or something like that, but having, before. yeah, but having yeah. things yeah. like draft pick trades and things like that and yeah, saying, I, oh, you know, these are, these are, we are, or we can protect certain people. We're going to protect them. But if you want them, you just have to give up your next two draft picks, something like that. Yeah. They could have made it a little right. bit more intriguing than yeah, oh, I'm, I'm with, the Raw Women's Champions now on SmackDown. I'm with Stat King because the first year they did this a couple years ago with when they were with Fox and with, uh, uh, NBC, they did have that silly war room stuff, and it was right. corny. But I at least <laughs> appreciated the effort that went into saying these are two completely different networks. Because, yeah. like, if I, I would love to see a real wrestling draft where it was like uh, AEW and WWE and MLW and Impact, and just see that's guys like the dream. See. Like that's truly the dream. Like I hope yeah. one day that actually can happen. Because yeah. I think then, it would be so awesome to see yeah. trades and, and then, stuff happening between. You would all just, the companies. you would just, you would just see people get really upset when they're. Yeah, that's what I want. No, 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 no. no, no, no the wrestlers, the, the wrestlers. I'm saying. Draft I want to see when the they get... despair on the wrestler's face. Like, ah, oh, shit, I got to go. <laughs> no, 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 not I'm not. I'm not a sports entertainer. I don't want to do this. God you're damn gonna it. Get a wrestler, you're going to get a wrestler drafted by MLW going, oh, I'm going to get paid in a hot dog and a handshake. Court Bauer, what are you doing <laughs> right, over here? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then <laughs> I want to see this. The, the, and then, and then put the MLW hat, hat on and, just <laughs> and pretend to be happy. Um, make them, make them, make them come like, out and do like the little interview, like they do with the with the trip. Yeah, yeah, looking like, like looking like Eli Manning when he put on the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yes, like. yes, that's the worst. He, he 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 can never be an actor, could Eli Manning? He can't even try. Right, Frantic like, said Roman Reigns to MLW. It all those. <laughs> In all those drafted in all those draft interviews, they, they all these guys are now media trained, all these actual sports draft interviews. And they and they go like, you know, what's what's the plan? Like you're you're happy to be on whatever team. It's like, well, you know, it's grind time now, like we gotta put in the work. Gotta, <laughs> and then they just, they just imagine they're just going to Roman Reigns going, Roman, you've been drafted uh, first overall by MLW. What are your what are your what are your thoughts? And Roman's just Oh, it's like, grind time now. <laughs> it's grind time at MLW. Yeah, it's <laughs> acknowledgement time. We gotta get my acknowledgement here. They gotta they they gotta acknowledge me on YouTube. What do they call the fans? The MLW Ultra fans. Me. <laughs> MLW Ultra. <laughs> no, no, what, are they, what are they called? I, I don't no know. Clue, man. You got the, the elite. Leaguers? You got the universe. The, the major leaguers. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I got and then Roman, cool. Roman's Roman's just standing there doing the interview with Micro Man, the little their little tiny like three, uh, four foot uh, ten wrestler. Uh, uh, actually, no, he's like he's like three feet something. Shows up and he's just like, I'm gonna be your first challenger. <laughs> and Corbin Bauer's just like, this is great, this is great, pal, this is great. Paul, Paul Heyman's like, I set this, I set this challenge up for you, Roman, <laughs> for you perfectly. Oh man, but yeah, Roman to NWA, y'all <laughs> <laughs> that seems appropriate. That Imagine Braun. He would fit. Man, Braun Strowman <laughs> versus Tyrus. That's what. That's what Billy he Corgan's wet dreams are he made of. Fit. Oh, God. <laughs> that's the sad oh. part. 
But I agree with Stephanie. Definitely SmackDown got the better of, yeah. of the draft on night one. But I also agree that they're going to make it more balanced on Raw. Raw is going to have more more uh, stars on, on their show and win that night uh, compared to hopefully – because I, I I can't I can't say anything's for sure with Triple H now. I I don't and I love how it was predictable how, with Vince. I feel like yeah with Triple yeah. H, it's like I, you can't guess. You can't guess. Yeah, I do have a question I, for y'all. Yeah, yeah. The Usos. Yeah, I thought about that. They are separate front. They were they're they're a separate draft pick from Roman. I feel like if it was me writing it. They get drafted to Raw, and we find out Roman requested that they get drafted to Raw. Like, we find out they were supposed to go to SmackDown, and then we see some behind-the-scenes thing where Roman's like, I don't want him here. Like, you know right. what I mean? I want to I see it. I want to see but it. If they, but if no, they, we, do, we, they, they do the, the legend come out with the card, and then Heyman's like, talks to him in the ear, and then oh, hands him a yeah. new card. They could do yeah. something like that. I, want, yes. I like that. I want to see I it. I like that. And then they all, but then they also could just, you know, end up beating Sammy and KO for those titles, allowing them to be on both brands. Oh no, they, they can't do it now. They should have done it last time. <laughs> yeah. I know they, they, they were going to do it. it. They should have done it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, w, I, I, it, we are talking about WWE. Yeah, I'm just it's ready true. for the bloodline to end. I was ready at WrestleMania. I just thought that was a good night to end it before it felt old. Um, and now it's starting to feel old. They're just doing things that don't make a whole lot of sense to me. So, like, why is um, Matt Riddle there? Look, I am not yeah. on the Matt Riddle train. I never have been. He does <laughs> nothing for me. And then they added him in here. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I understand that Solo right. is the one that took him out. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does him. nothing for me with Ko and Sammy, and I'm just—they don't even look cohesive. Like right, Sam. Well, uh, K.O. Yeah. looks annoyed as shit. Like, I'm like, nobody wants you there. Well, no one lead, wants you there. It's leading to a solo versus riddle match in a loser's gotta wear shoes match. So that, that, explains, <laughs> that explains that. Um, but yeah, I, I, it makes it, it makes no sense, man. It's it's I I, it's, I said last <clears throat> night on the on the sports keto review that this just feels like they finished the book at WrestleMania as far as like the Uso story of this, and then they just started adding pages to an already made book, <laughs> right, and they're yeah. just stretching it out. They don't have anything new, that, and I that's yeah. why I wanted Solo to do something after the right. matchup. I was like, at least that would have been progression of this whole story is the Usos leave, and then Solo lays down the spike, and then they get drafted to Raw, and then you can separate them after that. You don't have to see the, yeah. the Usos like thing. I feel like if they are drafted to Raw, that's a letdown because we're not going to see any real progression and where Roman and Solo stand in regards to the Usos. Now I feel like the Usos kind of have to go to SmackDown to at least right. give us some type of finish to their story in the bloodline. What's I the agree. end game yeah. though? Like my first thought end game was Jay versus Roman. I still think that might be end game, but how do we get there? Cause it seems a little convoluted now. And I'm like, it's very convoluted. <laughs> I, I, like you could see Jay still, you know, figuring things out. And I'm like, you know, trying to convince Jimmy. And I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. I, I just, I just, let's get there. Let's just get there. Yeah, it doesn't. I, it doesn't seem like they had a concrete plan following WrestleMania. Don't they worry. Just did. Don't yeah. worry. SmackDown's going to draft the Usos on Monday. 
Yeah, I, I, I figured that. I do, I do, I do. Definitely, I mean, you're I, right. Now I that you definitely say believe it, that. You ca- they kind of need to because we do need some kind of resolution. Because if they do get drafted to Raw, the the reason the reason why the Usos didn't get drafted is for everybody to be having this exact conversation over the weekend, so they tune in on Monday. There you yeah, go. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. Go. smart WWE. You're smart in that. So, in but that when they mind. do get drafted to SmackDown, and everyone's gonna go, "Well, why wasn't they just drafted with?" Also, if you're gonna put all of the OC and all of the LWO together, you might as well have and all damage the control. All yeah. these yeah. groups are getting drafted together. It, the yeah, only thing they can think is if they make it storyline and again say the reason why they were drafted separately is because Roman requested that they not be yeah, and they, with and they like they need to make a reason why they were separate like they have no, to yeah. make it make sense that's what they said on commentary during the main event is that they think that they were they were kind of speculating but they were kind of alluding to the fact that roman separated him and solo from the usos mm. to see what the result of the main event would be so oh, okay so they did they did bring it up yeah all right okay yeah, yeah. so so we'll it, see we'll see what happens on on monday on raw mm-hmm. uh, but where WWE is not smart is uh, in the writing's room, apparently, because there is a big-time WWE lawsuit by a former WWE writer that we got to discuss. Bloomberg Law reports that a former WWE writer is suing the company and Vince McMahon over God, what she feels serious. were racist scene scripts. Brittany Abram. Abrahams, uh, herself a black writer, claims McMahon and other executives discriminate and retaliated against her after she spoke out against offensively racist and stereotypical jargon. The words were allegedly used in the scripts of black wrestlers like Bianca Belair and Apollo Crews. She said her complaints were ignored and she was later fired. Abrahams uh, wrote for the company starting in 2020. Her lawsuit mentions that some of the lines she objected to, including one telling Belair to say, "Uh uh-uh, don't make me take off my earrings and beat your ass. Uh, I need you to go ahead and do that one more time. Just <laughs> do it one more time just for the people. And I want to see your face. I want to see a finger and everything going. Uh-uh. <laughs> Don't be making me take off my earrings and beat your ass. Mm-hmm. She, and they probably wanted that accent, too. Uh, she also lists uh, Apollo Crews having to use a stereotypical, exaggerated uh, Nigerian accent. She claimed she was ignored in both instances. She claimed uh, that she had to witness several racist pitch pitches after her complaints in a Slack thread that included Vince and Stephanie McMahon. Other writers said a black male wrestler should dress in drag, and it was only when a white writer said it could be perpetuated uh, uh, harmful stereotypes that would offend viewers, the pitch was dropped. In another incident, a writer uh, uh, proposed a Muslim wrestler whose identity was revealed to be Mansoor. Secret would be that he was behind the 9-11 attacks. Ladies and gentlemen, Mansoor, Mansoor was five years old during the 9-11 attacks. Uh, mm-hmm. Abrahams and others complained, and Vice President Christine, Christine uh, Labrano allegedly said in response, quote-unquote, wacky things are said in the writer's room all the time. And I know, but look at the waves we're making in the company. Four years ago, no woman worked on the writer's team. That is not something you should be saying. <laughs> 
Uh, she continued to speak out against similar pitches and was fired in April 2022. The reason WWE gave was that she took home a WrestleMania branded chair. However, mm -hmm. she claims it was in retaliation as taking chairs is something white male writers aren't punished for. Abrahams is looking for our reinstatement. I don't know why. Damages, declaratory judgment, and an injunction restraining defendants from engaging in such unlawful conduct. FIFO Select had learned more of some of the details that were named in the lawsuit. The lawsuit notes that writer Ryan Callahan made a pitch that Mansoor would be keeping a secret that he was behind 9-11. The report notes that Mansoor and Callahan had a good relationship in the past and that talent were shocked and baffled that this was even something said. Callahan had been released by WWE in 2019 over a disagreement with Dave uh, Corboro and worked his way to the top of the SmackDown writing team after he returned. Those in the know said that the pitch was not serious and was a joke told in poor taste, and it hadn't even gotten back to Mansoor before the news of it broke. Fightful also notes that the pitch made to uh, Mustafa Ali by Vince McMahon in late 2021 that Ali never would have done was something that was just as bad as the Mansoor pitch, though details on exactly what it was remain elusive. The lawsuit also mentioned that Apollo Crews' Nigerian accent that was originally pitched by an active wrestler, according to the report. And the lawsuit notes that Callahan pitched a storyline in which Reggie would be captive in cages and was being <laughs> hunted and was being hunted by Shane Haste. Uh, the pitch would allegedly have seen Haste hunt Reggie for fun, noting that the pitch was, since Shane is Australian, we should make him a crocodile. <laughs> and instead of crocodiles, he hunts people. Haste would then capture Reggie and constantly beat him up, but Reggie <laughs> would always escape after being captured. Abraham said that she had objected and pointed out that <sighs> a white man hunting an African-American for sport would be racist. And Callahan laughed and sarcastically responded, oh, what? Is that a bad thing? Jesus. <laughs> Fifo reached out to Hayes to about it, and he said he couldn't speak to the elevator uh, pitch to Vince, but said the version he heard wasn't about race and instead was about the 24 7 scene with Reggie escaping most of the traps via acrobatics. WWE is said to have no plans to comment on the lawsuit or any of the other legal matters moving forward. We shall start with you, uh, Stat King. You've read the, <laughs> the, the, the statement, the whole lawsuit. What is your thoughts on all of this? So she's suing under uh, four different uh, causes of action. She's got Title VII, uh, 42 USC, 1981. So those are two federal statutes. She's got New York City admin law, and she's got common law. So she's, I think the argument behind uh, reinstatement, because you were asking why, is because that helps in uh, negotiating any kind of settlement, because she's going to be able to say, if, if uh, I was reinstated, uh, if we go backwards to April 2022 until now, this is what my salary would have been under uh, for that period of time. So that's going to be part of whatever kind of settlement negotiations that we have. Gotcha. Uh, so... Part of what she, part of her allegations are very strong, and the part of her allegations that strong deal with the WrestleMania chair, and uh, people who were allowed to take it, and she had seen other people take it, and she saw 
literally other people walk into a room with the chair and not get to, uh, told anything. And then she did it and later received a message saying that, you know, she, she had messed up and done something wrong. Uh, the, the, the most inflammatory aspects of the allegation, the part of the parts about what was being said in the writer's room, that's probably actually her weakest out of the, mm -hmm. out of all the arguments that she has, because yeah. quite literally, they're going to be able to make an argument that this is a normal business occurrence. Yes, there may be bad pitches. There may be pitches mm -hmm. of, you know, that may, some people may consider racist or stereotypical or discriminatory in any way, but this is how a writer's room works. You're throwing ideas around. People say yes, people say no, people tweak things, people change things. So she has a strong argument on the, on the basis of the chair, because because white uh, similarly situated employees were not treated in that way. The, the yeah. question about the the question about the, the the actual racist allegations that part I don't I don't know if uh, with the with the writers room I don't know if she's going to have as much power there. However, however, all that being said, because of the merger that is they're trying to do with yeah. Endeavor and you know the UFC uh, thing and creating a new company, it it's uh, it's overall for the purposes of looking at whether she'd be successful that's actually the strongest thing in her favor the racist allegations if you if you mm -hmm. then flip it because there's no way that uh endeavor ufc or whatever they they're going to call this new uh th th this new holding company is going to want these kind of things following them into the creation mm -hmm. of this company so they're more <clears throat> inclined to to settle and not try to fight this in any way, shape, or form than they are to actually kind of drag it out because it just does not create good publicity for them as they are trying to put this company together because the idea is that, yes, Vince is going to be part of this new company, but what they really, the, the image they're trying to portray, particularly because of everything that happened in 2022 with Vince and 2021 and different allegations that came out, is they're trying to say that was old WWE, this is new WWE and new WWE is going to do things the right way, do things on the up and up and so on and so forth. So from a, a, like a, a case strategy perspective, it's very smart. The, the part that's her weakest is actually her strongest from a legal perspective. The parts that's her, the part that seems as though it's her strongest is actually her weakest. So it's, it's a very interesting thing to see how it's going to, how it's going to play out. I think my favorite part of the entire complaint is the 200th paragraph because <laughs> I got it pulled up because it, it says while plaintiff's employment with WWE was a harrowing traumatic experience, the events complained of here and do not reflect a unique incident as rudimentary rudimentary internet research paints a similarly distressing picture of discriminatory abuse and misconduct by WWE and by those occupying the most powerful positions within WWE. Now, the reason why that sentence is hilarious is because if you actually look at the complaint, and, and it's not just being read to you. Similarly, distressing, discriminatory, abuse, misconduct, positions, all of those words have uh, footnotes. And at the bottom, each individual footnote is a different news article about racist shit that, and racist and sexist shit that, that Vince McMahon has done. All right. So <laughs> it's, 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 so the, that sentence does, uh, that paragraph does a very good job of displaying that this is not a uh it's a systemic thing within wwe there's a history of it and one of the strongest things that you need to do during uh title seven 
is established that a company has done this multiple times, that this is a pattern <clears throat> of behavior. Yeah. Based off of that pattern of behavior, they are attributing it to you because the normal defense for a company in any kind of Title VII situation is saying, we weren't racist. We weren't doing anything wrong, discriminatory. We This person was fired for legitimate business reasons. And so then it throws it back to the plaintiff and the plaintiff has to say, those legitimate business reasons were actually cover for racist or discriminatory practices. So by that one sentence and having all those footnotes there, it's saying this is a clear pattern of behavior over the years from WWE. And I am unfortunately the latest in a long string of people being treated this way. So it's going to be yeah. a really interesting thing to see how this case progresses. Because like I said, in one sense, her strongest is her weakest. And in another sense, her weakest is actually her strongest. And if we know anything about WWE and lawsuits, this probably won't go to <laughs> trial. They're going to settle this because yeah. Jerry McDevitt loved to cut them checks. Uh, Stephanie, what's your kind of viewpoint on this whole situation with uh, the, uh, especially with like Bianca being told to say those lines and kind of, and now Bianca is kind of going to be put in a position where she might have to be, you know, either say that, yeah, if she's under oath, say, yeah, she said this or lie for the company that she's working for and say, no, I didn't say this or tell the truth, regardless of who's telling the truth in this situation. So a couple things. Number one, I don't think it'll get that far. I think they're going to settle. So Bianco should never probably be in that position in the first place. Um, So I, I had posted on Twitter about the Bianca portion uh of that and i just simply said i'm glad she i'm glad she stood up for herself and, and stood her ground and said i don't want to say this line uh, this is not what that's not who i want to be this is not the character i want to portray if you just go into that post that's all i simply said and the ignorance uh the most the majority of people understood what i was saying and and, and agreed the ignorance though of people going I don't see what the big deal is. She wears hoop earrings. I'm like, okay. So because I'm wearing, I'm sorry. Hold on real quick. So because I'm wearing hoop earrings, I got, look, look. So because I'm wearing hoop earrings, that means automatically every time I see someone, I'm like, I'm going to beat your ass. And then take it off. Like, that's so stupid. That is so yes. dumb. I was like, and, it, and it's a character that black women have been portrayed as in movies, in TV for decades. And we get it. There's some there's some black humor and, and comedy too. It's been in Martin. It's been in all these black TV shows that mm-hmm. we have seen. But WWE is not a black TV show. Yes, WWE exactly. is a sports entertainment show. There are a lot of little black girls watching her from all from all levels of, of poverty, of, mm-hmm. of financial situations. It's not yeah. just ghetto black people. And that doesn't right. have to be the character she portrays just because she wears hoop earrings. Yeah, and, and I'm look just at like, it, somebody, it doesn't make Somebody saw that Brandy Rhodes open mic night segment and was like, this would be great for Bianca every single day. It, it, basically. Right. And, it's and like, but even, even when Bianca did it, um, or not even with, uh, uh, what's her Brandy? name? Brandy. Brandy. When, even when Brandy did it, it was a moment where she had to step outside of her normal self because she wanted to check 
this person. It wasn't like it oh, wasn't an every time right. she yeah. needs to fight thing. Uh, yeah. And that's my thing. I'm like, if because something pointed out that Bianca did it once back in the um not in NXT, but when she at first got called up, it was okay. the what's it called? Pandemic era, whatever yeah, they okay. called it. Uh and she did it once. Uh, it was when uh, Montez got poisoned and everyone's like, okay. And she hasn't done it since. Right. And it's like, there are times, and I tell people this, there are times where the blackness comes out yeah, and my little proper self goes away. And there are moments like that in life where you need to check somebody. Yeah. But that's it, to me, it's just, ha it's just being more aggressive and uh, having maybe a little bit of an attitude that doesn't actually mean you're a black woman. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's yeah. the stereotype that right. is What's so your... frustrating. Cause I'm like, just because you have a little bit of an attitude and you got to check somebody does not mean you're a black woman. That that's not like the definition of black woman. And that is like, I'm just glad she stood her ground. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that part frustrated me for her. And the, there's two other thoughts real quick that I had about this. Um, one of them being, this is just the stuff that this woman is reporting in this. <laughs> yes. Just imagine yeah. <laughs> all the other racist ass pitches that have probably gone through in the back that we'll probably never hear about, that we mm -hmm. probably don't know. Um, but, and everyone's like, oh, are you shocked? And I'm like, no. Like, we know WWE has a history of this. We know Vince McMahon has yeah. a history of this. My problem is, it's 20 fucking 23. Mm -hmm. Like, what are we doing? Like, like, yeah. really? Are we still here? And then it makes you question even more what happened with Sasha Banks and Naomi. Like, you have yes, to exactly. wonder yeah. what that. happened with Sasha Banks that. and Naomi. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming part of their release and getting their releases probably was a NDA. Like, you can't say yep. anything. Mm -hmm. But just, um, just from the reports that we've heard. We, you know, John, what's his name? Leotis, Leotis, whatever his name is. Laurenitis, yeah. Possibly yeah, said yeah. some things uh, mm -hmm. and, and treated them a certain way or whatever. You just have to and wonder now how bad was it to to have these women both leave this company? Yeah. It, and yeah. it wasn't just about tag titles. You know what I mean? And, and so it's just one of those things. It, it keeps you, it really makes you wonder. And I'm just going to end on. He was behind the 9-11 attacks? Are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> Joke or like not? That... Why would they even come out of your fucking mouth? That is insane. That That's is the insane. worst joke you could ever say in a yeah, professional like, insane. And that even it, it was even uttered out of somebody's yeah. mouth. That is like, like this is a, he's not the Taliban, they're not Jedi Knights, you dumbasses, you know. <laughs> and I and I thought the same thing about Sasha and Naomi because we did that whole podcast, Professor right? Chris, afterwards, yes. <laughs> and we said we've had multiple situations. Like everybody wanted to bring up, oh no, they you know they did that whole thing to Austin yeah. when he when he left and he dropped his ball. It's a lot different than what they did to Austin to what they did to Naomi and Sasha of portraying them as oh they're just angry black women. They walked out. They're unprofessional. All that stuff. They dragged them through the mud. And that mm -hmm. was, and we've seen multiple. We've seen CM Punk walk out on the company, and they ate him. They didn't do all that to him. Yes, like, come on, like what are we doing? It was, um, yeah, it was absolutely insane. It was placism at its finest. And I guess it's my turn, right? Yeah. Um. So, um, <clears throat> I'm with uh, Stat Stat King. I'm not a lawyer myself. 
Um, I used to be a paralegal in a past life, and I, I hated it. Uh, so um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do spend much time doing that. But I do know a lot of the laws. I'm, I'm a, a, I, I study uh, Title IX, which is women's rights. The um, mm -hmm. Title Seven is the Civil Rights Act of 1991. What preceded that was um, the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So it's something that's been updated. Um, these people in WWE should know better or should hire people to know better, right? So I'm gonna pull up my article right now because I haven't published it yet. I'm gonna send it to uh, Brandon Thurston so he can um, look over it and then. Oh, so we're we're getting what? exclusive. Getting oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, like, this is this is um insane, and it's par the course for WWE. And anytime I'm teaching a class to um any of my, any students that take political science with me or any of the social sciences with me, uh, one of the things I ask them. Um, when we get into civil rights is what do you think of when you think of privilege? And then they always give these complex answers and, oh, that's ha that's having more money than somebody or having more advantage of, over someone. And I'm always like saying, you're not wrong, but what privilege is, is um, not having to think about something that another group or individuals have to think about. So um, you're a married man, um, SP3, right? Well, not formally, but yes, yeah. I, I have my, my significant other that I'm going to spend yeah. the rest of my life with. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So you're, you're that. You're like me right now, living in sin. Um, which is fine, because <laughs> uh, I, you know, but anyway, um, so, but, but, wow. but what I, but what I say, what I'm going to say is, um, I'm not religious at all, so don't, 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 me for that. and I don't want um, the religious people coming at me either, right? um, so anyway, but what I was good, but what I'm going to ask you, has you, have you ever walked down the street? with your significant other holding hands and ever thought to yourself, hey, babe, maybe we shouldn't hold hands in this neighborhood because we might be discriminated against for being a straight same-sex couple. Uh, yeah, I've thought, I've thought, thought uh, that. Or if I have friends who've, thought, who've been through that situation as well. Discriminated against for being straight. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is like <laughs> the first time I've ever gotten that answer. But yeah, uh, in most circles, that Can just... Can you just go along with it, Sid? Damn. I'm just <laughs> saying, I have, I have friends. I have friends who, who actually have told me that shit. <laughs> okay. I, 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 they might sound like, to me, um, the reverse racism kind of people. But, you know, I digress. Anyway... Um, but this is not something that I ever have to think about, like ever. I could be in the most redneck neighborhood um, in the United States of America. Um, we hate black people, Ville, USA. Um, and I'm holding hands with my girlfriend. And the last thing I think they're thinking about is us being a straight couple. I think they're thinking about 
us being a black couple. And that's what I'd be afraid of. So that's the privilege that I have as a, as a straight man is I don't worry about being straight in those circles. Um, if um, I, there's a quote from uh, Louis C.K., um, he's a comedian. He's had his issues, but yeah. he said, um, <clears throat> I'm not saying that white people are better, but being white is clearly better. Who can even argue? If it was an option, I would re-up every year, you know? Um, and this is just kind of like things I don't think people think about is like, what do you, what are you consciously having to think about in your position of privilege? Are you manufacturing arguments or are your arguments real and authentic? Are you really being discriminated against because you're straight or do you have some kind of underlying thing going on with you that's causing you to have these thoughts, right? So, um, and um, the, the thing is, is like um, Stephanie, um, brought up the stuff that didn't make it past the um, cutting room floor um, in WWE, um, which is pretty bad. And um, with this article, um, I, I'm at, there's a lot of stuff in WWE that did make it past the cutting room floor that, that, I mean, she the can, Apollo Nigerian thing yeah, literally the, uh, was yeah, a thing. Yeah, like, it was yeah. really on TV. I, I, that was, that like, was everyone the worst was like, one. Where did he get this what? accent from? Like, yeah, that? And I, I have th I have three. He Kofi does. I, I was going to say, he found it the same place Kofi lost his. Right. Yeah, I have three ex-girlfriends that are Nigeria, that are Nigerian. Um, and um, I've never heard anybody. I'm around Nigerian students often. Um, I've never heard anybody talk about the, a Nigerian drum fight. Um, I Google that shit, and the only thing that comes up is the stuff with uh, Apollo Cruz. You know? So I don't, I don't even think they anybody, just made that shit up. Yeah, like, I, oh, it's gonna be a Nigerian drum fight. What? Yeah, so okay. I, I don't, I don't even think WWE did did any like the most minute. A amount of research. Well, they don't. You know they don't it, because yeah. they named Gunther no, after literally no, a Nazi. No, 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 like, no, no. And, they and, and, and they, they had no, and like everyone checked them, they, and then all of a sudden his name was just yeah. Gunther, and it was like, right? Did they didn't know about Bang Bros. They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> their their what? research, their their re their research, their research for the Nigerian war drum fight match was watching uh, the first fight between Killmonger and T'Challa. <laughs> right. That was <laughs> okay, that's the sh okay. Um, but anyway, I and oh, I went back. I went back in time, and I didn't want to go too back in time. I mean, I could talk about Kamala. Um, and someone people when I bring up Kamala, people say, "Oh, WWE, that wasn't a that wasn't a WWE idea." And I'm like, "Yeah, but WWE, when James Harris got on their roster, they didn't exactly say." Oh, less Kamala. They were like, yes, let's do more Kamala. Let's, you know, have you run away from the Undertaker and be scared of coffins and having to learn how to be um, a productive member of society when you turn into a good guy, you know. Um, Mark Henry. 
I was um, listening to an episode with him on um, HuffPost Live in 2014, where he's talking to Mark Mark Lamont Hill, and Mark Lamont Hill kind of um, hits him in Mark in Mark Lamont Hill fashion, asks him about the past stereotypes, and Mark Henry himself said talks about the time when they were calling him the Silverback in reference to being a silverback gorilla and even brings it up again on a Vlad TV interview that he did. And he was like, I'm not a, I'm not a primate. Don't call me a civil back, a silverback gorilla. That lasted for a couple months until Mark Henry or somebody, I don't know who, but they were like, um, yeah, we, we're not doing this. And, and Mark Henry behind the scenes, there's documented proof that Doc Hayes in 2008 was suspended for um, telling uh, Mark Henry, quote, I'm more of a nigga than you are. And I'm not sure that he used the hard ER or the light and soft N-I-G-G-A, um, nigga, uh, but it happened, right? And there's receipts that you could easily find on this right and this wouldn't be that bad but that fool doc hendrix michael hayes still has a job with wwe still fully employed like in most companies that i do was um, on smackdown last night was yeah. on smackdown last night in most companies where i do um, like where, where they're trying to figure out what the problem is there. If you're caught saying something like that, you're you're out of there. But it's not a surprise because Vince McMahon on WWE television just walked up to John Cena saying, what's up, my nigga? You know, this is a cultural thing in this company. I'm going to go to an interview that I, ha <clears throat> I had, no, no, that I was listening to with Jinder Mahal on Talk is Jericho. And in the article, I go in detail on it. So when I when I uh when the article is finished and um it's proofread and everything, um, you'll see this. Jinder Mahal tells a story on Talk is Jericho back in in June, whenever he won the title. Um, so I think that was it was June, June, June 2017. Um, I have that date there listed there where he, um, Vince McMahon wanted him to cut a promo and he did not want to cut the promo um, that Vince McMahon wanted him to cut. He had written pre-written a promo and then Vince McMahon wanted him to cut the stereotypical foreign, anti-American, angry foreigner type of promo and he didn't want to do it and then when he did cut that promo he saw the crowd heat he got and his first thought was Vince McMahon you're a genius and I just always think of that interview and luckily it's still up and I'm like that's what you got from that this cheap stereotypical heat there was a but few I think weeks in a there. lot of ways, WWE's always kind of been tone deaf. Yes, when that, it comes yeah. to that, like they're like, "Oh, this this generated heat. This is a good thing." And it's like, 
you have to understand why things are yes. there's the there good heat it's and there's the bad heat. Yeah, and like it's they've the, always been tone deaf to that. And I'm like, and the, right. the funniest, the funniest part of that particular situation is that the as much as I love Ginger winning the title and his title reign, however you know poor it may have been, I I enjoyed it because I'm Indian, but. Right. The reason why they did that in the first place was to get Indian viewers. And right. their entire idea was we're going to put a title on a heel who is yes. going to cut anti, like heelish <clears throat> foreigner promos in order to get people in another yes. country to support. Like, yes. that, to your point about tone deaf, Stephanie, like it does not make, you should have made him a face. You should have made him a yeah. hero of a story right. and, and show that despite other people's racism against him, he's able to overcome it. That would have actually gotten you the viewers that you wanted. And I think yes. that's why, like, Ali has always been like, Yeah, I want to be a good guy, I want to be a face. Because for him, even though they obviously he hasn't they haven't done shit with him, uh, even though he, um, let's just say he does get to the championship eventually, whichever one it is. He's always wanted to remain face because he wants to be a positive light for other little kids, boys, girls who look other Muslims that look like him. You know what I mean? And yeah. he doesn't he does there he doesn't want to be made out to always be the bad guy, right? Like right. Muslims shouldn't always be the bad guy. And unfortunately in America, that is a horrible stereotype yeah. that people assume or they always have to look at them or watch them. And yeah. it's like it, it's it's so dumb. And so I appreciate right. that he's always been an advocate. For being the good guy and sticking to that. And I hope if gender, because I also look, I popped when gender won. Uh, yeah, I, I hope if gender I was, ever gets hey, I was, again. It, it happened here in Chicago. I was there. <laughs> right. it's, like, yeah. it, it's, in, it's in my top 10 moments ever just because of who it involved and what, you know, that kind of situation. I, mean, I loved it. I so loved I, it as well. I mean, and I'm like, if he ever gets that chance again, I, again, I hope they do it differently and let him be a good guy. Yeah. And, 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 and what, and what I hated about that, and this is what one of the things I make note of, is for a few weeks um, in 2017, Gender Mahal was a hill for being Indian. Yeah. No other reason outside of that. This is what this company does. And before that, that's just what they used to do too. Yoko Zuna wasn't even japanese okay can i just no hold yeah. on hold on put a pin in it for just a second because yeah. i was i shit you not 30 years old when i figured out that yokozuna was actually was not a japanese <laughs> no like i i thought for sure he was a sumo wrestler and like because i was a huge yokozuna fan and i was like ah, oh my god because i you because sumo wrestlers are big Japanese men and I just assumed he was and someone's like no he's Samoan and I'm like no no no, no, no. and then yeah. I saw the picture like with his hair down like on the beach somewhere and I'm like holy shit I'm like <laughs> 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 is that Japanese like yeah. I was a grown ass woman you when I a, found this out you guys like this is so you, sad. You, had a, you had a great today I learned moment <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then a more Absolutely. recent more recently, um, Keith Lee was also on Talk as Jericho, um, and he was talking about Vince McMahon not liking the way he speaks, not liking his diction, um, and um, not understanding him because he was a black man that spoke proper. So I took that to me, okay, this dude ain't don't sound black enough. But your old white 
cracker ass, excuse the expression, angry. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but the, wait, he, wait, he's not Japanese. Stop it. <laughs> yes. So it's like so this about Santa Claus. Stop it. Yes. So, <laughs> but yeah, this kids is on. If there's any kids around, Santa Claus is real. Right. <laughs> but the, but this is the stuff. This is this wasn't decades ago that Keith Lee had to go through this and then promptly got released when he couldn't be a fucking bear cat. Right. This is this was a couple years ago, you know. This is documented proof of this. This this happens on a regular basis in this that, company. I'll be honest, that's why I was shocked. And I say shocked mm-hmm. when during the pandemic era George Floyd happened, and I was shocked that they let uh, New Day go out there and take a knee and raise their fists and wear the George Floyd uh, short shirt. Like I, w- I was actually floored that they let them do that. Right. I-, I was absolutely floored that they allowed them to do that because I was like, on TV, I was, I was, I was taken aback. I'll be honest because I was like, yeah. Vince is allowing this? Like I was like, yeah, you, you don't expect that. This nah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't expect that kind of stuff because even with like um for the longest time, the closest thing black people had to a black world champion in WWE after The Rock, of course, because I do count The Rock as black, um, is John Cena. <laughs> Stealing hip hop culture. <laughs> is John Cena stealing hip hop culture? I was like, wait a minute, where's he going with this? <laughs> culture, no, like, culture <laughs> is, is John Cena stealing hip hop culture, being on UPN, uh, doing it every single week? And then, Shit, that's right. It was on UPN. <laughs> <laughs> then, I didn't even think about that. Yes, and then, and then, because and then, one of my friends, I quote one of my friends uh, in this article as well, and he said, as soon as you know, Vince McMahon, as soon as uh, they didn't want Cena to be that anymore, until they wanted him to sell out and be more for the kids and all that, that's what he turned into. Which brings me to Sasha, or not Sasha, Bianca Belair, who is the closest thing to um, a female John Cena that WWE has probably ever had. And her first big title one when they think it's a good idea to have her lose to Becky Lynch in 30 seconds, just like they did with Kofi Kingston before her in these uh, title runs that were meaningful, but then you have them lose in this stupid way. You're not thinking about the cultural impact. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't let me pop yeah. off about the yeah. SummerSlam 30-second loss, okay? Yeah, yeah. It, it was fine. I wasn't happy at the time. I think most of us mm-hmm. were a little were questioning it a bit, but I'm mm-hmm. glad they at least gave her the ending that she deserved. They gave her a full story with it, which is a, something else that does not happen with WWE. They right. don't always follow up on these stupid decisions. So at least I'm glad she got her redemption. Yeah, and I do mention that in the article too. I do mention but her redemption. We, we also don't know if this was the plan all along. It wasn't. This is the response it was not. to yeah, the we, reaction. We, we, we talked well, about really I, I do. Yeah. I do. I do. Well, well, no, it we was can, the we, plan we, all know, we can we can all we can all say yeah. that, you know, 
if the one of the people involved in the story believes that to be such. No, I was, at the I end was, of the day, we've seen plans that were supposed to be the plans all along. I, I was, so if the Vince, only thing if Vince, that was not, the only thing that was not way, planned was to go past Mania. That was not right. the initial plan. Uh, I was, the Mania I was, redemption was always the plan. Okay, I was told by somebody that I trust that it in front from WWE that it was always the plan and. I trust this person. I didn't believe that dude at all. But I was told by someone who's literally in the feud. It was yeah, always yeah. the plan. But okay, going and past me, I probably wouldn't no. believe them either. But you know, that's what I said. That's why I was like, I'm not trying to say that they are wrong to yeah. believe that that was always the plan. All I'm saying yeah. is that if Vince didn't want it to be the plan, it wouldn't have been the plan. Right? Like, <laughs> like, like yeah, no, it could have definitely changed. Like, obviously, my, but my yeah. uh, grandmother. Um, still alive today 91 she believes like when she lived in jamaica that she saw all kinds of like voodoo curses and things of that nature and i've never seen that stuff and i believe that she believes it um i don't think my grandmother's a liar i just i've never seen that stuff so i would need to see it first before you know i i all the way co-sign on that stuff right you know, talking about people floating up in the air and, you know, like on some Papa Shango shit. But, um, yeah, so I'm just saying there's there's just history and precedent for this. You do not have to uh, search long and wide to find the receipts on this. You don't have to listen to the stories um, from... Um, from us, um, Brittany Abrahams, because it it is there. Like Stat King, I don't know how far this lawsuit will go. Um, I do think that there's a better chance of a settlement now that um, there's um, a new guard in charge um, in that company. So um, maybe would have settled even before well, the sale, but even right, yeah. no, 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 that's that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. The sale hasn't actually. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is, so, yeah, that's true. So they, yeah. they, but the, but something like this, you you want to settle because you don't want it to potentially derail. Yeah. And right. one other thing that I, I forgot to add before is that when you when you try to sue under uh, Title Seven, usually you have to go to particularly when it's a when it's a company involved, you have to go to the EEOC and first yeah, file a complaint. And yes, the, EEOC, the equal employment opportunity. Yes, sorry. Uh, the EEOC has to do its own investigation. They will contact the company. They will, in question, they will get uh, mm -hmm. evidence and they will do some interviews and things like that. Mm -hmm. And usually what they will do is one of two things happens. Either you get what's called a right to sue letter or you get denied a right to sue letter. And what basically what a right to sue letter says is we, an independent uh, governmental body, has looked at your allegations and we feel as though your argument has mm -hmm. credence. Like there is grounds for a lawsuit, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you don't get a right to sue letter, you can still sue. Like there's nothing stopping you from, from suing. However, if you have a right to sue letter, it's that much stronger because right. then a judge, because usually with these kind of situations, it's long, there's a lot of information, a lot of discovery, a lot of depositions, things like that. But so a judge is like, Do I, I really don't want to have to go through this whole damn thing. But right. if you go in front of the judge and you say, hey, judge, uh, you know, not only do I, uh, 
do am I am I filing this lawsuit and I'm alleging all these things this complaint? I also have a right to sue letter from the yeah. EEOC. The judge says, well, you know, somebody already did most of my work for me in that sense. And then the judge is automatically gonna look at the other side and be like, it's probably in your best interest to settle. And as it so happens, Brittany Abrahams has a right to sue letter from the yeah. EEOC. Yeah, and um, that and that's one of my jobs as a um, business uh, psychologist. Is uh, we do deep dives in companies, um, and before the EEOC even gets involved, to yeah. see where the problem areas are and the best remedy to fix them. Um, and um, I seriously doubt that WWE's ever hired a business psychologist <laughs> or any wrestling company, period. I don't think AEW's done this at all, but they would benefit from doing this kind of research to see what is plaguing their company. Because these problems, as society uh, gets smartened up to these kind of stereotypes and these kind of uh, things these these are these are just going to constantly be problems um, that the wrestling industry is going to have to come to terms with, even with the fans, even like what I what I like with Stephanie hypes with the uh, with the Bianca Belair versus Becky, the suggestion of a hair versus hair match, and um, can I say something about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna be honest. So when the whole hair thing and everyone's like, oh, it's going to a hair versus hair match. So that's where we're going with this. So, you know, and then people suggesting that Becky should cut Bianca's hair off. And I'm going to be honest, everybody. I had a conversation with Becky with my concern. And because Becky is a huge advocate for the black community. She's a huge advocate for black business and black people and Mm. beyond what anyone even sees. Okay. And, I was afraid because it's WWE that they would make the suggestion, right? Yes. <laughs> Becky and never in her right mind would ever do anything like that. Number right. one. Number two, she wrote back, trust me. That's what she told me. Right. Trust me. And I was like, I do. I just don't trust the company you work for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. I, I said that. I said that. Yeah. And, 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 that's the- and it's one of those things where she's like, trust me. We got this, and I was like, I, "You're right." It's just the yeah, yeah and, and they the deliver, idea, and but, they deliver. And, and, and it's really hard for me to get mad at fans for thinking this was a good idea because this is how they've been groomed to think. They don't understand right. the historical significance. That's of exactly what I was going to say. But like, yeah. and, and and the the concept of a hair versus hair match. When none, neither of the people involved in the feud come from the the culture of wrestling that involves hair versus hair matches, yeah. just adds a whole other layer to it. It's like you are literally just doing this for the purposes of yeah. black culture hair. Like that's right. the, the entire reason of doing it. Right. And if you go and if you go back to um, slave times, um, black sp- specifically black women hair um, was that was a way to. Um, to uh to especially for filled hands was a way to um put these women down um a few pegs and and show them that they were less than a person so you can't just do something stupid like this and have this colorblind racism where you where you're like oh everybody's the same and 
that's not how it is. That's that's just not how it is. And this is and this is the problem with WWE in a lot of areas too. Because I don't think because anytime because the knee jerk reaction from fans is always WWE is not racist and WWE is not racist. And I and I'm never gonna emphatically say that WWE is racist because that's that's an accusation that there's quantifiable proof that they're, they're racially not, tone deaf. Yes, yes. yeah. There, there, there's 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 quantifiable proof that they're nice, not racist, but there's also quantifiable proof that they might be racist. They they exist somewhere in the. There are people that some, work there that yeah. are racially tone deaf. Yes, people exactly. In the back, and that and that's the problem. Yes, that's and the, and there are people and and yeah, and it's a lot of this colorblind racism stuff. A lot of this Reagan era Bush. Thought, thought process where, oh, we, we would ask anybody to do this. It, there's a difference. I remember uh, Broadus Clay's dumbass doing an interview where he was talking about um, he didn't want to do the dancing gimmick. Um, he didn't want to do the shucking and jiving gimmick originally. And Dusty Rhodes said, him, well, I did that. Um, are you ashamed of me? And, and he said, oh, so that made me want to do it. And I'm like, Broadus. Dusty Rose is a white guy doing that stuff. <laughs> it is different for a black man to go on TV doing that kind of crap. Is there's there's just so many layers to that. And if you want to do that, that's what you want to do. But I'm just saying there is a difference. You know, don't yeah. don't act like it's the exact same thing. Well, that's, that's and I why, just want to be clear. This is a wrestling podcast. The lawsuit was brought against WWE, but trust, there are plenty of other companies that have the exact yes. same racially <laughs> tone deaf issue. Plenty yes. of them. Oh, so yes. this isn't a bash WWE session. This isn't us like trying to hate. I'm look. There are people that work there yeah. that are racially tone deaf. There's not enough representation in the back for black women or black men, and it's one and it's and it's clear. It, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. And there's plenty of companies that have the same issues. So we're just talking about the lawsuit that was brought up on WWE because I had someone message me saying like it's like a WWE bash session. I'm like that's not what this is about. No, it's we're not having not a conversation exactly. about a, a, a issue that they've had for decades, right? Uh, and who still have the issue. So and, and I'm just, I'm I'm gonna say this as someone that WWE puts diapers on my kids' ass. Yeah. I, 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 if anybody's gonna sit up here and defend WWE, it would be me. But I everything mean, that has been said here is an honest conversation. We're having an yeah. honest conversation that comes from the heart. If you're taking it personal or thinking it's a personal attack on WWE, I think that you need to get out of the weeds a bit. It's, 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 right. into it's the, the whole tribal thing. They yeah, think it's, it's a very like a WWE yeah. no. thing. It's not. Yeah. This is not and, what this is. Because especially this podcast, this podcast has called out Tony Khan on yes. his lack of black representation right, on, his, right. on his channel. We, yeah, this, I, keep, right. I keep the same energy across the board. Uh, yeah, it's not about it. tuning and, and in this, for the first time. I don't know. I just need to say this is not a WWE bash session. We're having a real conversation about a real issue that WWE has had, and a lot of other companies have as well. Right. About a real issue, let's just say in the United States, period. Uh, right. it's, it's racial, it's racially tone deaf. And that's the conversation right. we're having. 
And and I want to say this as well. The reason why I got into the wrestling uh, podcasting space, um, I do this part time. It, I I do get paid for it. It's not. I'm, I'm not. My my bread and butter is with being a professor. But um, I got into this space so voices like myself and voices like Stephanie and voices like Stat King and voices like um, SP3 can be heard and have a different perspective because like oftentimes when I would listen to um, Dave Meltzer, who I've met and like, or uh, Brian Alvarez, who I met and like, um, or Wade Keller or any of these cats, they would talk about these issues, but they, it it was just another news story to them. To me, this is not just another news story. To me, this is like a systematic problem not just in wwe in wrestling that needs to be fixed i've we we i've been on podcasts with sp3 um and other um people with with the um with the grap with a couple of the grap city guys and stuff where i've talked about um these systematic issues of racism in wrestling you know, it's not limited to WWE, but today WWE is the star of the show. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it just is what it is. And and we hope that this kind of stuff, I just want people in WWE being comfortable with being black and being Indian and being whatever and not having to think about being asked to do something that is just completely disrespectful to their heritage, right? That's that's all I want. There's way know? people can represent their culture without dipping into the full-on stereotypes. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a yeah. way to represent it. I, what they're doing with Zelina right now, I think, is amazing. She's about to go to Puerto Rico. That's her culture. Yeah. Like, and she gets yeah. to represent <clears throat> herself and her mm. people in her country in a title match without her having doing some stupid, you know, yeah. stereotypical and whatever. And, and Kofi Kingston, he won the uh, world title uh, on the year of the return, and he went back to Ghana um, with the WWE title, and it meant a lot to the Ghanaians in that country. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I like to see, and I like to see more of that from WWE. You know, like with Selena. I'm glad like, Omos, they're not having him do some like Nigerian whatever gimmick. Like, yeah. I, I'm glad <laughs> yeah. they, they're, they're, you know, what I mean, they call him the Nigerian giant, but he's not doing some stupid stereotypical something. And, and I'm right. like, so let's keep that same energy, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, it was like 30 years ago, we had Giant Gonzalez wearing the, 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 the eating outfit and stuff. So, yeah, it's not yeah. good. But we do have a bit of breaking news. I know, uh, Steph, I know you probably have to run soon and stacking. Is this but... about the draft? Because I was about to say that. Yes, we do. Yes. It's breaking okay. news of more raw draft picks. Uh, this was announced on WWE SmackDown Lowdown. Uh, NXT's JD McDonough is heading to Monday Night Raw. Also from NXT, uh, Zoe Stark 
has been drafted to Monday Night Raw. So uh, a couple of NXT draft picks over to the Raw brand and uh, and as well a couple of grouping of NXT and the women's roster. You got Apollo Crews is heading back to Monday Night Raw. His stint in NXT is over. Uh, the complaint department of Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville are going to Monday Night Raw. And Natalia is going to Monday Night Raw, which... I I I I didn't even know she was considered a SmackDown person. I'll be honest. I'm surprised. I thought they keep Natty on SmackDown. To be honest with you, and and but, I thought I thought I thought Chelsea was on Raw already, but I guess yeah. well. So Chelsea and Sonya have been bouncing back and forth. I I don't think they ever really announced a brand for Chelsea when she came. They, she, they, well, she's been because she was basically she was wherever Adam Pierce was to be. True. To be honest, this is true. Which is this on is both true. shows. So <laughs> I think they've had her bouncing back and forth. They should be able to go great between, pickups. They should be able to go between both shows. I mean, complaining and complaints are. I think they should the too. <laughs> they did uh, announce some free agents. I think it was. Did you see yes. that? Yes, okay. Omos and MVP, Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler, and Von Wagner are all considered free agents. And uh, SmackDown added Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. So I guess this was like to even out because it was like. I think SmackDown had like eight more picks because they drafted all those factions on the show. So I think this was to even out uh, the numbers of what we saw on screen last night on SmackDown. But yeah, it's like uh, it's Lacey Evans is pr primarily the main person that went over to SmackDown. And then well, she was Raw already got on SmackDown. Picks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Another one. We just, don't, we just don't see her. <laughs> exactly. We haven't seen her since uh, basically Triple H took over, and also Hit yeah. Row, Hit Row were drafted to SmackDown as well. And so they're basically redrafted. Yeah, redrafted oh, okay. to SmackDown. So mm -hmm. those are the picks from the supplemental draft. I, I'm really looking forward to JD McDonough. I think he's been one of the better wrestlers on NXT, and especially Zoe Stark. She's been probably the best in-ring performer out of the females on NXT for quite some time. So. What do you Outside think about Roxanne? Yeah, Ro I'm hoping I Roxanne's being drafted on Monday. I would hope so. I, hope. I would hope so because she's got is nothing. She ready to get called up? Yeah, she. She's so here's ready. the thing. Here's the thing. I've always said. <laughs> I, mean, I, I only remember her from Ring of Honor. So this she was great in Ring of Honor. Honor. I know, Roxanne, but I'm saying for that WWE me, style, she's polished up. Roxanne is full package. However, I would like her to get some kind of character. She doesn't really have a character down, but I think. She she has all the tools to get there, and I think with some guidance on main roster, she's gonna do. She's one of the best women's wrestlers there there are, and she's not even on main roster yet. So uh, I think uh, she's ready. She I really hope they call her up. I really do. Bring her over to SmackDown. SmackDown, the home of the. I think I see her more as a SmackDown gal, but if we're <laughs> talking too. about balance right now, SmackDown gals are. Outweighing Raw a bit, so let's. Right, they might need her over there. <laughs> Raw, Raw only drafted Becky and Indy. Like when I was looking at the draft picks from last night, I was like, "I really only drafted two women on the." I'm whole like, show? are they just gonna fight each other forever? Or... <laughs> and then, then, you have two horsewomen now over on, uh, not horsewomen. Excuse me, major top women. You have Bianca and Bailey, and all of Damage Control all over on SmackDown, and I'm like, what is Becky gonna do? And, I don't. I don't Charlotte. want her. In, I don't want her and Charlotte on the same show. I just. I don't. I right. don't want it. It's just you can't have those two women on the same show. Like they're both at this level, and you can't. And they're both alphas. Like you just. You can't. 
it's just this is a bad idea. It's, it's always going to be some, some type of conflict of who is the top the top woman between. <laughs> I mean, Be- Becky is the top woman. I'm not worried about that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're looking at stature in the company, they are both right. top women, and they're both alphas, and they should not both be on the same show. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Well, we shall we shall see how the draft uh, progresses on Monday Night Raw. We got uh, information on who is available to be drafted on Monday Night Raw, which we'll get into. But Stephanie, you have to you have to run right now. Thank you so much for joining us, Steph. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media. Serving face and heels dropping tomorrow, and you got a new YouTube channel. So plug away. Let the people know. (laughs) Oh God, it's me. Hi. Hi. Uh, you can, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Stephanie hypes, Instagram at Stephanie hypes, with two S's catch me on serving face and Hills every other Sunday with my beautiful co-host, Miss Chrissy love, uh, who I was standing in for today here on true Hill heat. And yes, I do have my own YouTube channel. Now people have been asking me for like three years and I finally was like, I guess now's a good time. I don't know why. Uh, so you can follow me on YouTube at Stephanie Hypes. Um, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to be doing show. I don't know. I just made it and I was like, let's just see how this goes. Uh, so I I will let everyone know when I, when I plan on doing shows, it might honestly be mostly random lives. Who knows? Um, but I love talking pro wrestling. Thank you guys for having me today. Yeah. Hey, uh, it was an honor to be on the show with you uh, today, Stephanie. I, I've always appreciated Thank your you. uh, wrestling uh, opinions and takes and the work that you do. So um, I um, am humbled to be on the same uh, podcast with you this this fine morning in Los Angeles. Yes, <laughs> I appreciate I have to go read your article once you once you publish it. Because it sounds mm-hmm. amazing. And thank you guys for having me, Stat King. You're awesome. Yeah, this is our if first If I ever need any legal help, I'm going to be reaching out to you. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to read that's, this. That's, that's usually when. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is, our, this is our first time interacting. I'm hoping it's not the last. This is a great time. Appreciate yeah, it. Same yeah, same here. Same here. Absolutely. Thank you, as always, Stephanie. And I put the link to her channel. It's on screen, but it's in the uh, chat here on uh, YouTube. Go over and support Stephanie. She's already got 115 subscribers. Let's get her to like 200 by the end of this uh, weekend. That's crazy that's yes. crazy like i don't even i thought no one was gonna follow me like i was like are you yeah yeah really yeah, I'm, like, I'm, have... I'm i'm subs- subscribing as soon as i get off of here <clears throat> thanks guys it just yeah. i just wanted to say that tree hill heat though is home they're the first people who kind of gave me a home in podcasting and kind of showed me the ropes here uh sp so i'm not going anywhere i'm still part of the tree hill heat family i just mm-hmm. Also, I have my own show to do random shit, I guess, sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll so, so people really aren't good. always asking, okay, I have to wait a whole week and a half for serving <laughs> face and heels. You can go over to her channel, supplement it. In between yes. the Sundays that she's here on the channel, you get her over on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much, yes. Stephanie. And of course, we will see you. They'll see you tomorrow on True Hill, on uh, Serving Face and Heels, pre recorded. Yes, but I'll, tomorrow. I'll, I'll be in the chat with y'all to talk about it. But uh, thank you, Stephanie. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.
All right. We got more news to discuss. Dad King, how long do you have? Do you have with us? Uh, I got, I got, a, I got a few minutes. I'm uh, probably gonna, probably gonna bounce myself. Um, but, but I just want to say, uh, CM Punk's working everybody. I love it. Uh, that's that's why I was asking because I did want to, <laughs> I did want to get to that. Uh, there, there's just a few other WWE notes that I wanted to to run through before we get into that. But uh, the other WWE stuff is concerning the uh, drafts. So I'll run through that really quickly. Uh, there was some news about NXT call-ups during the week. Fightful Select reports that several names have been pitched for main roster call-ups ahead of the WWE draft, which began last night, continue today, and will continue on Raw. Nothing has been set in stone yet, as historically, draft plans have changed all the way to an hour before showtime. NXT names that have been considered include uh, Ilya Dragunov, Pretty Deadly, as well as Tyler Bate. Cameron Grimes has been uh, considered for the main roster for months, really, and has worked on a SmackDown taping in February. And sources said that WWE doesn't have SmackDown ta uh, NXT talent work SmackDown tapings when asked about uh, Cameron Grimes' status. NXT talent usually work the main event tapings for Raw with the idea to add intrigue to main event and give the talent experience in front of a bigger crowd with work on the main roster TV with veterans. A good performance could signal a future call up just because a wrestler works main roster tapings though doesn't mean they'll be called up dakota kai and bronson reed did so right before they were released last year and it was noted that joe gacy and cora jade have also been pitched for a move to the main roster and there are still talent who don't know where they will be going in the draft and speaking of the draft like i said it will continue on monday on raw and wwe has announced the eligibility list on thursday for monday night raw and that includes Ikira Tozawa, Alpha Academy, Otis and Chad Gable, Angel Garza and Alberto uh, Correa, uh, Asuka, Austin Theory, Perrin Corbin, Braun Strowman and Ricochet as a tag team, Brock Lesnar, Bronson Reed, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin as a tag team, Charlotte Flair, Dana Brooke, Elias, Emma, Johnny Gargano, Judgment Day, which is Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio as a trio, Karrion Cross with Scarlett, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as a tag team, LA Knight, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez as a tag team, Nikki Cross, Piper Niven, Rhea Ripley, Rick Boogs, Ridrick Moss, Rada Rousey and Shayna Baszler as a tag team, Seth Rollins, Shotzi, Tamina, Tegan Knox, The Brawling Bruce, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch as a trio, LWO, Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, Raquel Wild, and Zelina Vega, all as a group, the five of them, The New Day, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods, The Usos, Jimmy and Jay. Jimmy and Jay are separate from the bloodline. Trish Stratus is available for this draft. Zyla Lee and select NXT superstars. I do think that out of those select NXT superstars, Roxanne Perez or one of the names that we just mentioned might be in there. But if you had one pick for Monday, what's going to be the number one overall pick on Monday? Chris, who would it be? Um, Probably Seth Rollins. Um, Yeah, probably Seth Rollins. That'll be my short answer. John, what about you? Yeah, I think I would I would go with either Seth or uh, or Rhea. But I mean, if you get Rhea, you get the whole entire Judgment Day. Which no, uh, no, Rhea is separate from oh, the rest of separate. the Judgment. Oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah. then yeah, I, I think I'd probably just go Rhea then. 
I would go Rhea. You gotta, you gotta acknowledge the fact that you just lost your Raw Women's Champion, and yeah. at least get the SmackDown Women's Champion. So I would think that if that is, you know, it's either gonna be Rhea or Seth. Maybe Seth goes to SmackDown, but with Becky already on Raw, she'll probably be like the third overall pick to Raw, probably. Uh, and then finally, the WWE news fans have been speculating about Cody Rose versus Roman Reigns having their rematch down the line, potentially at SummerSlam in Detroit in August. But from a new report, we may have to wait even longer than that per wrestle votes via Give Me Sport. The big rematch between Roman Reigns and Cody Rose is on the table, quote unquote, to main event WrestleMania 40 next year in Philadelphia. The report reads in a quote, I can say this, the rematch that's at the forefront of everybody's mind, Cody versus Roman, is very much on the table to main event in Philadelphia next year. Professor Chris, we talked uh, about them kind of dragging this bloodline yes. up ever since WrestleMania. Do you think they have the, the capacity or the ability to stretch this out a whole other year to WrestleMania 40 and do it then? <sighs> I do think they, I think, I don't know if, I think they're going to do it. I don't know if they have the ability to, to do it and keep it fresh. I, I am not going to sit through more of this shit until Philly. I'm just not going to do it. Um, I, <laughs> I, again, this is not my full-time job. I am a professor. I'm a business psychologist. This is what I do part-time. Um, so I, I trust Sid um, and I trust um, the Grapsity boys and I trust, you know, all my post people, Andrew, John Pollock, Waiting. I trust all of you guys to do a great job covering this. I am not sitting through this fuckery until Philadelphia. I'm just not going to do it. I do not care that much. I am uh, <laughs> mentally exhausted with the bloodline stuff. I was all on board with it until that Sunday. That's when I was. And then as soon as Roman won, I was like, oh, my like, my God, there's more of this shit. I'm done. <laughs> but um, I will. I'll, I'll catch it out sporadically and stuff. I do have to kind of watch the clips because you know this is what I do um, for uh, post wrestling. But I'm, I'm I'm just not like you're checked out. There's there's other things to watch. <laughs> checked out basically mentally. What about you, Stat King, as someone who doesn't really watch it at all? Would you be <clears throat> interested in Cody and Roman next year at WrestleMania? I mean, I didn't watch it this year, so. <laughs> <laughs> got me there. You got me there. Cody, Cody, Cody's story didn't interest you. I mean, out of all the the shirts that I've got, it's it's the the two with the most is Cody and Punk. So if I didn't watch mm -hmm. it for that, I'm not watching it next year. Yeah, but I will say, like from a from a writing perspective, there are definitely ways to 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 drag it out, particularly if you are going to have Cody on Raw and he can potentially go after that World Heavyweight Championship. But in order to make the story mean something, you'd have to continually stop him from winning that World yes. Heavyweight Championship, and then him for him to eventually go. I've been sidetracked too long. My ultimate goal is that WWE title. Yes, the World Heavyweight Championship would be nice, but. My story, and maybe that's maybe the the curse of bad luck has always been against me in these World Heavyweight Championship matches because 
the true story for me has always been the WWE title. So there are, there are ways to do it, but yeah. you are heavily, heavily hurting the character of Cody Rhodes if you are going to continually have him lose World Heavyweight Championship matches. Right. If he does win the World Heavyweight Championship, well, then it is going to feel like just a token gesture because he didn't win the WWE. Yeah, I, th- I think... Consolation Prize title, yep. which we'll yep. talk about. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then of co- but then, of course, guys, we can always have the main event of WrestleMania 40, the unification of all three World Championships. <laughs> Roman three belts. <laughs> well, no, no, because yeah, yeah. you, know you know what it reminded me of? You know what it reminded me of? Uh, I, I was re-watching the other day the promo segment. Uh, actually, I was uh, re-watching it after your interview with Nick Aldis, which was a very great interview that you guys can check out on the channel. But mm-hmm. I was re-watching the promo segment between Cody and Nick Aldis on the build for All In. And uh, Nick Aldis's argument to Cody was, our deal was Ring of Honor World Championship versus uh, and a uh, 10 pounds of gold, you no longer have the Ring of Honor title. And Cody says, I'll put up the Ring of Honor as collateral. In this situation, uh, Roman, he can say, you don't deserve a rematch. W- what's in it for me to, to, to give you a rematch? And Cody says, well, what if I go get that World Heavyweight Championship? And I offer that up. And I say, We're, we'll have a unification match. And Roman's like, well, three belts, uh, three belt Roman sounds good to me. Do you really think they're gonna keep the um, the red the 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 two belts or do you, I, I? It's do... it's interesting because for the purposes of Roman's story, the universal title is more important. However, the right. title with the lineage and the respect is the WWE. Yes, title. exactly. So it's a very it's a yes. very. That's, I, I feel like this whole time their idea was to somehow, some way, eventually split the titles yeah. after he lost it, but they just kept going with it. That's why anybody that's kept selling me throughout this week, oh no, there's only two world titles because Romans never defended them separately. They're not gonna give. They're not gonna give him one it title it, yet. It, it, that's yeah. yet because no, they're, he they're, won. One that he's held for a thousand days is the Universal Champion. Their argument, their and argument the most fails. prestigious is the WWE Champion. No, the, the, right. the argument fails on its face because the company has actually never unified the titles. If you look right. at the lineages, the lineages are still separate. If they right. were unified, it just would have been combined. And it's yeah, a, like when the World Heavyweight Title was unified with the WWE Title, it yeah. said match won by Randy Orton that the title was discontinued. Yep. That did not happen here. Roman is 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 having nine hundred or whatever days for the UC, and uh, over three hundred and something now for the for the for the WWE one. So they are still separate. They're just being called the. You know, it's back when the when the yeah. uh, the tag titles were technically unified, and it was like the unified yeah. uh, tag team titles, but they were still right. technically separate. And eventually, yeah. we got the the bronze penny title. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think WWE has any problem stopping the uh, lineage of their WWE World Title because um, they've done that. They did that with the tag team titles, right? When that's um, that's I mean that's the tag that, title versus yeah, the, that's the, the tag original. Title. I, 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 I don't, I don't care. I, I honestly don't think it matters to them. I I do not. Think I think from it does. A his, historical context. I think the Roman stuff is. Is I think they 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 care about that more, and then they'll find a way to spin it into 
something is what I think they'll do. I, th- um, I think they're trying to get to a thousand, and if Roman, they have no intentions of Roman losing the championship, then they'll make it like the uh, the WWE champion, the WWE championship, like all over again. Like, so you're so so um this is um so if um so right now if you watch uh the nba like we all do um if the the charlotte hornets um share history with the oklahoma city thunder that's the they they share franchise history with each other and that's how they do and if seattle um gets another um basketball team um they're gonna whether it's called the supersonics or not they're gonna share that history some weird kind of thing that 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 goes on with that so i'm guessing this is gonna be um what happens i i they could just keep both lineages you know um no, 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 they can, they can, I can see them like Roman gets to a thousand days on May 27th, and then that's the end of the Universal, Universal Champion, Champion, and then he becomes the unified uh WWE Champion or something like because they can't call him undisputed, it's disputed now because they have a new world champion. But we're getting yeah. off the topic because that's <laughs> where we're going to talk about in a bit here. We do have to thank Dan for the super chat donation, thank you so much, good brother. We appreciate you, man. Love you, man. Thanks for being a Patreon backer as well uh moving on to aew rampage from last night uh they had switchblade jay white of bullet club gold along with uh juice robinson get the win over ricky starks and sean spears in a fun little tag team opener they also had uh jay lethal and cat uh well no first they had the firm basically hold isaiah cassidy hostage uh to get the firm deletion Mm -hmm. match for next uh friday on rampage so that's going to be going down then and then finally in the main event they had Jay Lethal defeat Cash Wheeler in a good main event matchup uh due to some uh some type of confusion with Sanjay Dutt and Mark Briscoe and also they announced that Kenny Omega will face John Moxley inside of a steel cage in 2 weeks on Wednesday May 10th in Detroit Michigan that's going to be a huge matchup the fourth encounter between Moxley and Omega and it goes down in Detroit inside of a steel cage but that is not what everybody's been talking about all week when it comes to AEW they've been talking about Stat King's favorite wrestler in the world, CM <laughs> Punk. And we have another edition of the Punk and the Wrestlers. The Punk <laughs> and the Wrestlers has continued, and it continued on Monday Night Raw, apparently, as CM Punk showed up backstage at Monday's episode of Monday Night Raw in Chicago, but left after he was asked to leave. PW Insider reports that they have confirmed that the AEW star was backstage at the show, which is which was taking place in his hometown at the Allstate Arena. While there is no word on why Punk was visiting, several sources noted that Punk did briefly see Triple H, and this would have been the first time they have met in person since Punk left WWE in 2014. 
Punk is said to have met with several WWE talents and but was eventually asked to leave. And one source believed that the reason Punk may have been asked to leave was because he is under contract with AEW. And it also said that it was a call from Bissett Man that Punk leave. When he was asked to go, Punk is said to immediately have said bye to, to goodbye to some people and exited the building. New reports have some additional details on it. On uh, Tuesday, PW Insider reported that CM Punk spoke with the Miz <sighs> for a short period of time uh, about their clear their previous issues and actually cleared the air with the uh, A-lister following some issues they've had in the past. The site notes that those who saw Punk uh, greeted him warmly, with most of them having not seen him since he exited the company. In addition, there was a video of what appears to be Punk and Tamina outside the arena talking that was rolling around online. Fightful Select confirmed some of the details, specifically that Punk spoke with The Miz and briefly spoke with Triple H. Uh, Fightful also notes that several talent were told that WWE head of security Jim Kelly asked Punk to leave, though that had not been confirmed and Punk is said to have left without incident. There was also one more than one person on the WWE roster who thought it was a publicity stunt for an AEW return and several people in AEW were apparently in disbelief when they heard that what had happened. Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez reported more details on what took place on Tuesday's edition of Wrestling Observer Radio. Meltzer reported that Punk flew from Florida to Chicago on a plane with a lot of WWE talent ahead of Raw. Additionally, Alvarez stated that Punk showed up and talked to some people for about 20 to 25 minutes, including as noted Triple H before being asked to leave the show. It's unknown why Punk visited the show Monday night. Alvarez noted that some people within both WWE and AEW were surprised that uh, Punk visited the show. And Meltzer also stated that the feeling within WWE was that it was uh, Punk was at the show uh, because Punk wants back into WWE. On Tuesday, PW Insider had a ton of more details. According to the report, Punk had been in Florida over the weekend where he did commentary for Cage Fury Fighting Championships, and he flew out of Tampa on Monday and ended on the same flight as several WWE roster members and crew, which included a producer. Punk ended up sitting next to some of them on the flight to Chicago and learned WWE was running Raw in the venue, and Punk then arrived at the arena sometime before the show it was set to start and was brought into the venue by other members of the roster. The report notes that he was in a common area of the building in, few, in full view of anyone who walked past him, which is where he ran into Triple H. A witness to the moment said that the two shook hands and Punk asked if it was okay that he was there, if they could speak for a and if they could speak for a couple of minutes. Triple H said that he had to check with the big guy, uh, aka Vince McMahon, and to make sure it was okay. Triple H went to go do so and Punk remained in the same area where he spoke with several members of the roster who were walking by. Among those who Punk spoke to was The Miz, who spoke with, who spoke with Punk for a little while, and the two apparently cleared the air, any heat between them from the period during which Punk was on the WWE backstage show. Punk was greeted in a friendly manner by those who saw him and never did any clo uh, behind-closed-door meetings. Some people backstage had a reaction of, what was he doing here? Here, but those who uh, who were from the people who found out later didn't actually speak to him.
Within 20 minutes of Punk uh, arriving, he was told by security that he couldn't remain and left. And Punk is said to have been very respectful of the decision and uh, left without incident. He, while he, it, what it had been noted uh, on Monday night that a source believed Punk was asked to go because he was under contract with AEW. Another source said that this uh, that Tuesday morning that they didn't think that uh, was the case as they pointed out that Malachi Black and Andrade Elidio were on WWE TV when they were at the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony with their wives. And that source pointed out uh, to the legal history between WWE and Punk and the way Punk left the company as that would be a different matter altogether. But I know John, this is your favorite wrestler in the world. Always working the people, always getting the people talking. What do you think about CM Punk showing up backstage at WWE Raw this week? Well, uh, okay, so first let me do a little bit of logistics here. For those who don't know, and also because I just I literally happen to live like 20 minutes away from the airport, uh, if you fly into O'Hare and you are coming towards the city, whether you're taking mm -hmm. the Blue Line train or you are driving in a car, you will quite literally, the very first stop on the train is Rosemont, where Allstate Arena is. You can you can almost see the arena from that stop. So even if, I mean, obviously Punk's not taking the train. He's either taking an Uber or he's driving. But either way, he was passing the state of the arena on his way back to where he lives in, uh, in, in off the blue line. So uh, it's not as though, like, some people are like, oh, he went out of his way to go, like, or he drove, like, he left his house or whatever. First off, he flew, he was flying in anyway, and it wasn't like he was going out of his way any way, shape, or form. He was driving, he got off an exit, he made a left turn, a right turn, and then he was there. So it's not like it was anything crazy for him to do in order to do this. Uh, secondly, one of my other most favorite wrestlers in the world is actually The Miz. So the two, just, you know, people burying the hatchets, I love. That, that, that's, that's great to see. Um, I think it's funny that he does this when we're also getting reports that he hasn't had any contact or communication with the Young Bucks in order to potentially have some kind of conversation or, you know, apologize, because he's legally barred by AEW from having contact with the Young Bucks. And we've also got reports that uh, Punk is willing to, obviously Punk is willing to work with them and, and is fine with, you know, coming back and working with them and doing all these things. Mm -hmm. But there has been some hesitation and some issues on the side of the Bucks. So in addition to, to the fact that they're not that inclined to want to talk to him and he can't talk to them, he said, fuck it, let me show people that I am willing to do all of these things by going back to the company that fired me on my wedding day and having conversations with two people. One is going to fly a little bit under the radar because unless you really know the backstory behind why Miz and Punk don't like each other, it's just like, why was he talking to Miz? Why was he apologizing to Miz? But more importantly, the conversation with Triple H. That is hilarious in and of itself the idea of these two guys having a conversation however short it may have been even if it was just a clearly whatever you want to call it when one of them you know uh, 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 a few years ago about nine years ago or so said i don't have to work with you you have to work with me and when is this guy going to take a fucking steroids test that is absolutely hilarious 
just like the, the and, and the best part of this is the funniest part of this whole thing is it's about I would say from Tampa to Chicago because I've done the flight. It's about a four hour, four or five hour mm-hmm. flight. This guy finds out on the plane and comes up with this entire plan in the span of four hours while having conversations with people. He's a fucking genius. How other way is there to look at this? He comes up with this plan to get everybody talking, everybody worked, standing there in a parking lot while talking to Tamina of all people and people having video of this while sitting on a plane for about four hours. He's just like, hmm. What would Paul Heyman do in this moment? Ah, that's exactly what I'll do. And it's just, it's it's hilarious to me that, that all this is happening because it's all just building up more anticipation for AEW Collision, June 17th at the United Center. I can't go because that's when Aaron's wedding is. How did, the, how did, how did this crazy shit happen to me? But... They, this they is set a, you up, bro. They set me up. <laughs> they set me up. I was there. I, I uh, until until he left. Until he was uh, until uh, all, uh, all out last year. I've been to every single AEW show that they have had in the Chicago area, and, and I was at All In. I was at First Dance. The time he's coming back for Collision, I have to go to a wedding for my future sister-in-law. Ridiculous. Um, Nobody thinks about me, and that's that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but but overall, this is a this is a great this is it's just a kind of a kind of a masterclass of him saying, you know what, all you people are gonna say whatever you want about me, and this also goes back to what he was trying to say during that fucking scrum, even though he right. said it in a horrible fucking way, was all of you, everybody else is saying this, that, and the third about me. And I'm not saying anything back. I didn't. He didn't give any interviews to anybody during all of the the, the build up to the scrum or anything like that. And he still hasn't really kind of given any interviews. He's leaked some stuff through his camp, but his entire thing has always been: look at my actions, not what other people are saying. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I have not given you any indication that I've done anything to Colt Cabana, that I've done anything to all these people. And by his own actions, he's showing that he is big enough to go and apologize to people that fired him on his goddamn wedding day. Like that, it, it, it's it's hilarious levels of, of the ability to say, yeah, people, I, you all but, don't know that much about me. But it's not all these people. He he acted like say, like he knew for a fact the Young Bucks were talking to Dave Meltzer when he was the one that was talking to Sean Ross up. That's how he leaked no, his no, coming not... back to the company. <laughs> well, I mean, him coming back to the company, I mean, yes, sure. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. But at the same time, his whole thing was never about people it, – it wasn't necessarily even about the Bucks or potentially even Jericho being the person who's leaking stories. It's more about journalists getting these rumors right. and talking about the rumors without trying to confirm the rumors with the other side of the with the other side of the rumors. And again, ultimately, all of this comes back to Tony Khan because they st- straight up asked Tony Khan in interviews before All Out. Does CM Punk have anything to do with Colt Cabana's situation? And Tony, and he's Khan, always said no. Was, right, but Tony Khan wasn't clear uh, before All Out. He and then he said afterwards, "Yes, I should have been clearer. I should have done this, that, and the third. All of this comes back to to Tony not having proper control over over AEW and people who, for you know, our salaried management 
employees, not independent contractors. They're two contract. That's kind of the joke about two contract Cutler is that they themselves have two contracts as management and as performers, the same right. way as until Triple H retired, he had two contracts as management as COO and as a performer. The entire thing has been to Tony, you probably should be controlling these people a little bit better than you have. You know, uh, Chris, you were talking about, um, uh, about uh, you know, AEW not not hiring a, a business psychologist because so many different companies haven't. Before they even get to a business psychologist, they got to hire a heck of a lot more people when it comes to, or better people when it comes yeah. to the management of the overall company and uh, maybe even the booking. Well, that that was one of the things that I was saying because in the I've because I'm a CM Punk fan too. I, I don't care about the fucking internet scuttlebutt around him. I'm I'm a Punk fan. I'm a I'm a Young Bucks fan. Up until like a couple weeks ago, and I still don't have any real confirmation on the story that's been leaking, but when I heard that the Young Bucks and hey, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Omega, um, the elite guys don't want to work with CM Punk. The, the, this is when I start taking a little bit more side with CM Punk because I'm like, okay, you three motherfuckers are EVPs. That means you are management. That means you have to work with people who your big boss doesn't necessarily, um, that who your big boss likes and you might not necessarily see eye to eye with. This is what management does. This is, this is, the, this is a function of being management is you have to kind of, work through your issues and, and this is the thing too i i don't think that the elite guys should need to stop being management what i think they need to do is learn from past transgression transgressions as management and be better because of it man be, yeah everything's a learning experience right yeah and, yeah, yeah. and this is and, and, and king, is not, of the, king of the north makes another good point it's not just the elite who don't want to work with uh cm punk all the beasts i mean wait, don't want to work is, with him is it, is it all of them or mainly just moxley hey my uh it's the same thing with the it's not all of the elite that don't want to work with them kenny omega has gone on record and kind of been like shrug but he's gonna go along with the majority and Moxley is in the is in the lead position claudio castanoli has seen cm punk do this in two different companies i don't think he probably wants to work with him all that much and willie yuda is just gonna follow around with his with his the only person i care about at bcc is dragon so I know, but I think I think I think Brian Danielson is more of on the Kenny Omega path. Of, yeah. I'm I'm okay, but if everybody else doesn't want to work with them, then I'll stick on Wednesdays. All right, so let me let me talk to King of the North for a second, because this is the difference, and this is the point that I was trying to convey, which obviously got lost. Um, the elite guys are management. Yeah. Everybody else that you just named isn't fucking management, so they have they they can. I I, I would I, I, the only thing I would say that I disagree with that like calling them management and they have to work with them. They don't have to work in any no. type of any other business. When you punch someone in management, you usually don't come back. 
It's like if you're a man, if you're a supervisor of a store and your employee punches you in the face, they're not the manager of the store, regardless of how okay. great the person is for business. He's not going to say, no, the supervisor, you have to work. No, I, okay. the man so, it's up. That's why so, I agree with what Stag King is saying, that it's up to the manager, who is Tony Khan, to be yeah, like, so okay, no, no, this no, is how Tony Khan work. is you the owner. Work. You no, can no, work. I think, I think what, I think what, but I'm making an analogy. I'm making it. He's the manager of the store. I think what Professor, I think what Professor Chris is saying is that when Tony Khan says Punk is coming back, then yes. then there is an impetus on the elite to say whether or not we like right. the guy, because boss of all bosses is saying we need to work yeah. with this. And person. I, and, we I, now and, need to work with this person. And, and have and that I, conversation, sit down with them, hash out whatever needs to be hashed out, right? And work with the person. Yes, that's and, and what I, I think that's what I, it, I don't. I don't I, think, I, especially I if it's a with, if it's a legal matter because of I the whole situation that went down. Several companies. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. At the same, in the same vein, as soon as we start talking about legal situations, punk isn't punching anybody unless people come there to be punched. In right. the sense that no, you can't, no, that's, oh, not, no, that's, no, not, no. that's not true. That's not true. The you can you can come in the room to try to talk to somebody oh, no, and then my, get punched in the face. No, that's you don't. Point. You don't no, come no, there. No, to Sid, get that's punched. my that's my point from a from a legal perspective. If he's if there's nobody there around for him to punch, there's nothing for him to do. In the sense that once you start looking at, at, at consequences of negligence and once you start looking at corporate responsibility, if these people who are management come to yes. his room and something happens, the question is less on the the less on, on the employee side, and it's actually more on the management side right. of why did you go there in the first place? You just saw this person and heard this person say yes. XYZ about yes. you, and your and your first thought was yes. and this is what and this is what this is what Chris is saying about your management. There's learning experiences. Your first thought was to take the head of legal, the head of talent relations, and possibly uh, a couple other people, in addition to three people already out of the out of the three of them. So there's there's about six, at least six people, just Mega, CD, and the and, and the elite. That's five. We're uh, Brandon Cutler and and Nakazawa seven, uh, six, seven. So there's roughly at least six people coming into this person's into this person's area that he that is supposed to no, be for him. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. It was the punks and it was Mega that went into the room first. Fine, fine. It doesn't matter. That's, 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 that's a, that's a no, nice but, but you're making it sound like this man was like attacked and fell. No, 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 no. Like, no, 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 no. I didn't even get there. I didn't was, even get there. I didn't even was, get to the point of this attacked. He was I didn't, I didn't talk hot. about it. I did that not get to the problem. point of I did not get to the point of the attack. What I said yes. was what I said was you see all these things, and your first thought is to take all these people and go there. The prop the main the proper management idea is you don't have contact with that person because at you are management, yes, but because you are personally involved in the sub-issue of what is causing him to be upset, you then as management take the step back and say, We are going to let Tony Khan handle this tomorrow, the next day, however the case may be. We are not going to take it upon ourselves while also yes. not telling Tony, who is yes. at the scrum still and still on video and on camera, that we are going to go to this person's locker room and try to have a conversation with him. That is not smart management. 
Yeah, that, and that ultimately, and the thing is, and, and if the thing is this: if all they were were just management behind the scenes, I would not have a problem with it. However, because they continually talk about themselves being EVPs, EVPs <laughs> on B, and they say it on BTE and doing all those sorts of things, they are intentionally drawing attention to the fact that they are management. And because right. you are involved, like I work in labor and employment law. And yes. once you are involved in this situation, your job is to remove yourself from that situation right. and let the person above you handle it because they are your supervisor. That's all I've been saying from the very beginning. Their, their entire that, thought process that, was we're going to take yeah. the head of legal, the second in command of the company, because Tony wasn't available. The, right. the correct response was, I'm not going to fucking touch this. I'm going to let Tony handle this once he finishes with the scrub. I am not going to take it upon myself to go in there and because I don't know what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. And because I'm management, because I'm a salaried employee of yes. a company that can be legally sued, I am not going <clears> to <throat> put myself in that position because it's not me anymore. I represent the company. I am endangering the company from a legal liability standpoint. And if you're going to keep calling yourself management and holding yourself out at management, read a fucking management book to understand the liability that you are putting the company in when you do something like this. And another thing, I and have... I know, and I still haven't touched, and I still haven't touched what happened after they crossed the door. Right. <laughs> everything I've talked about is what because everything after they cross the door is CM Punk. It's CM Punk. But that's the, the thing. That's the, the thing. I never, I never said the Young Bucks were right to go to his no, door. I, 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 I didn't think. I didn't think that that was a good decision. And I've been in management. But what I am saying, and what's my been my point from the very start of this thing, is you, you in fact said before this all started, is that they are two different things. They are management and they are talent. And I think that, uh, that we had the comment here by Vala B that yes, uh, if they're management, they can they need to work with them. But as talent, they don't have to work with them. That's the no, 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 Yes. The which, which of your contract? Which of your contracts? The, which the of talent. your contracts is more important? The contract yeah. of you being a talent or the contract of you being management? Right. Because if the that, contract of you being talent is more important than being management, you yeah. shouldn't be management. Yes. That that exactly. That's because the, what, you, that's the, what the company is named. The, the company is named yeah. after you. The company is named after you. You're the the founders, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Even though they they didn't put any money involved into this into this enterprise whatsoever, it's all Tony and Shad Khan. If you if you're gonna tell me that you are both talent and management, and then you're gonna tell me under management, yeah, sure, I have to work with them, but under talent, I'm not. Then you need to pick one of the yeah. Two. You you, you have cannot to pick one. be both. You you can't. You no, cannot be no, both. You, you can't be both. No, be both. Okay, so because be because so, because, so, because no because the thing is this the the. Sid, the, the biggest money match that this company can draw in its history right now is CM Punk and FTR versus right. the Elite. And, and management. It's Kenny, manage Omega. it's Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. Fine. But your management, your management contract tells you that you would tell if it wasn't you, if it wasn't you involved as a talent, you would be telling that talent to work with that person. Because that's so, the money yeah. for the company and your duty as your fiscal 
agent duty is to do the best for the company that you can because of your management contract. Right. Now, you're going to tell me that because of your talent contract, you can tell your management contract, I'm not going to do that, then you shouldn't have the management yeah, contract. Yeah, it's a conflict of interest. It's an, it's an immediate conflict you have, of You have a duty. I, you, yes, you have a duty to yourself. Matt yeah. Jackson, Nick Jackson, uh, Tyson Smith have a duty to themselves as individuals, as talent. Yes. Right. But and Matt I, Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega have also, because they signed two contracts, have a fiscal financial duty to do what is right for the company. Right. And I, and also, here's well, another if, thing. If, I, even if they were just talent, why would they want to work with someone it, who they can't it, trust? That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I don't this, care. This and that's, is, and that's yeah. the thing. If if, if, if tomorrow, if the, to, to what to what uh, to what you and and, and Eli are saying, if, if BCC say they don't want to work with Punk, that's fine. I don't care. They're right. not management. Yeah, I don't care about what the BCC says. That's different. That's a different story. We're talking about managers not wanting to work with somebody. And, and the problem, and I've worked with several, several companies who have had these kind of internal fights, fist fights, kicking people in the balls, all this stuff. I'm, I, I, I'm, I signed confidentiality agreements, so I can't name the companies, but, but I've worked with some, some pretty big companies. And this has also been an issue where the, where the CEO is like, I do not want to get rid of anybody but we need you as a third party arbitrator to make sure that these people can work together if it's even possible to work together. So what I would do in this situation is I would interview CM Punk. I'd interview those elite guys and see what kind of resolution that we could come to, because this is what your boss, the owner of the company wants. And if you cannot do that, if you are a manager and you are saying, as a manager, I cannot work with these certain talents, then like Stat King said, you do not belong in management. You really just don't. And, that, and, it, and, it, and the, the fix is as simple as that. Then you go back to being um, independent contractors, not get, getting rid of your management position and do the separate branding shows where you don't have to look at this fucker anymore if Tony Khan agrees to that and that's it but you can't be a manager if you don't want to work with talent again the BCC all those other fuckers they're not management so that's their thing but as a manager you don't you don't get to shirk your responsibility as a manager I don't give a fuck what happened if you're if you're not going to sue Tony Khan or sue the company, and the statute of limitations is probably already passed on that, so you're not suing any fucking body, um, then you need to either come on board or get get the fuck off the ship. And to what and to what King of the North is saying in the comments about Punk being able to do whatever he wants and not being challenged on it, or Punk can do whatever he wants and they've got to take a pay cut, that's not what I said. Yes. What I said was that they I mean, were supposed. No, no, that's, that's not. That perception comes off. Though. Okay, that's no, not... no, no, but, then, no. but, then, but then King of the North, what you, what King of the North also, no, but you, really, but... but I'm, I'm just letting you know how the perception comes. No, right. So let me, 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 no, 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 no,
I think people are having selective hearing and hearing what they want to hear. I, I did not hear Stat King say that one time. I'll go ahead and finish that. All I said was this. When the problem arose, their responsibility was to not handle it themselves. Their responsibility was to have the person above them and above Punk, the owner of the company, the COO, president, chairman, booker, all those titles that he says whenever they announce him. It was the, their, their job was to have him handle it. Punk should not be, yes, Punk should not be able to say whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Whatever the fuck he wants to say it. I'll agree with that. What I'm saying is how you handle that are two completely different things. You're not supposed to get involved yourselves. You're supposed to let Tony handle it. And then if Tony isn't going to handle it, that's when you could potentially examine your options about what you're supposed to do in that situation. And right. that's when maybe you talk to Mega because she's legal. That's when maybe you get outside counsel to say, yes. what exactly are my legal options in this situation? Because yeah. this person is doing X, Y, Z. That's why lawyers have fucking jobs in the first place. Yes, exactly. Because people can't get along. I never said, I never said that Punk should be able to just do whatever right. he wants to get away with it. <clears throat> but if flip side, on the flip side, we also have to look at this from his perspective. From his pers from Punk's perspective, his management. Now he may he may be wrong, could be wrong, is wrong, whatever you want to say. From his perspective, his management was saying things behind his back to reporters and to and to dirt sheets, and they were saying things about him. So his so so the Bucks in his mind, again, I'm saying from his mind. In his mind, Kenny Omega and the Bucks and whoever the fuck is allowed to say whatever they want about him and not be challenged on him? No, the, it's, I, the same, I, it's the same he, idea. He created some narrative in his head. That's no, fine. That, no, that, that's, that's fine. That, that, I'm, I'm, again, I didn't say I agreed with how, what he thought. All I'm saying is yeah. that was what he was I'm just thinking. It, I'm just basing it on how wrestling has always been. It's been when you have an issue that's made into a public thing, they try to get you into a room together as soon as humanly possible. And I think that's what they what the Bucks yeah. were thinking when they got and, and, they yeah, got they, the and I understand who was the number two. I let y'all finish. I let y'all finish. Right, I let y'all right. finish. Um, he they got mega, and we don't know if it was the Bucks that wanted to go to CM Punk's locker room or if it was Mega who said, No, let's go handle this right now. Let's go talk to him. We don't know any of that. I feel like that that is we don't know who put the bucks into that yeah. into that per predicament who made that decision if it was the bucks if it was mega who decided to do that we don't know any of this the only things that we do know in all of this is that CM Punk made all of this public information that's right what, that's my been my whole thing from the very beginning you it, it feels like you were it, that that's what I'm I'm not trying to say that you're you're saying oh you're putting evidence or saying that Punk can do whatever they <laughs> want not get challenged or anything like that like what's being said in the chat or anything what i am saying is that the domino that dropped first was cm punk it was not the elite and what the elite I, and reacted to what cm punk said in public yeah, well, and whatever punishment whatever whatever punishment the company want, wanted to give him that was fine i don't yeah. have a problem would have had a problem with it if yeah. if it had even included saying we're going to release cm punk yeah because of because of what he said i would have been fine because he's yeah. not supposed to do that what right. all what i'm what i'm saying is that the bucks removed whether it was the bucks mega whoever removed all of that from the table 
Right. When, when they went and did what they did, because it wasn't their job to do that, what they did. Right. And while, and, yes, while, yes, in wrestling We don't history, know if it's Mega's job. We don't know if that's Mega's job to, 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 if but Mega's, but, between but, the employees, she's supposed to sit them down and talk to them. Sure, we don't know. That yeah, might sure. Be but I would hope, I would, I would hope, I would hope that a, a, a educated trained lawyer who has been who has been the lawyer for the Jacksonville or is the part of the legal team for the Jacksonville Jaguars would understand that this yeah. is not the time or the place right. I'm never saying anything about about having the conversation my ultimate thing has been time and place and yes yeah. to the book to your point about how this has always happened in wrestling I completely agree with you this has happened in wrestling many people have told those stories however this is a situation where the person involved, or the people involved, are both talent and management. I don't yeah. know of that many situations where it was the, the two feuding sides of this of this real life feud were ultimately usually they were just talent. It wasn't really talent and management having a feud, and then somebody else from management coming in and saying, "Okay, yeah. we're going to have this conversation." Da, 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 right then and there, it's usually been talent versus talent. Right. So I can understand the Bucks mentality if it was the Bucks. That's saying, hey, we're going to go handle this right now. And, you know, we should have somebody from management there who's not us. We're going to have Mega. I can understand that mentality. But that's also why once you sign that contract of being management, it is on you to start thinking differently because right. you are getting paid to think differently. Yeah. When I was when I was just a law clerk, I was getting paid to think at a certain level. Once I started being a lawyer and now when I'm in the, in a, in uh, the labor employment law department of a giant multinational company working hand in hand with the general counsel of the company. Yeah. I am being paid at a certain level to think differently than how I thought previously. The entire thing was you have shown a track record of being able to think and, and, and move and act in a certain way. And now we're going to say you've shown enough to be at this level, let's move you up to this level. But you cannot, you can't necessarily do everything you did the same way you did it down here. You can't yes. do that. The yes. Bucks have been elevated by their own choice, elevated up to higher levels. It is on them because it was their choice and because they're being paid as much as they're getting paid to think differently. This is all a wonky situation. It, it just is, right? Um, cause CM Punk is unarguably the biggest star in that company. The, uh, Bucks and Omega are management and Tony Khan owns the whole goddamn thing. And my whole thing, I don't right now, I'm not even going to focus on the past stuff. I'm talking about the here and now. And if in the here and now CM Punk is willing to work with those guys and the managers are not willing to work with punk then i just think they need to step away from that position those positions because then jimmy van is going to be right the whole time when he's been saying um that this is a conflict of interest i don't think it has to be i really don't i think that the the, the bucks and kenny omega can learn from this and become great managers because one of the things they teach you in organizational leadership is that managers are not judged based on when things are going great and good and everything is Shangri-La. Managers are judged in situations exactly like this. When everything is not great, 
and how do you rise above your shitty situation? And if they don't rise above this situation, and if there's if they're like, oh, we're not working with these two people because we don't like them because he punched he punched us one of us or something like that. And if they cannot move past this, then they don't belong as managers, or that they're either going to be strictly managers and not talent, or strictly talent and not managers. And that to me, that is the simplest fix to this it was see it's different in the case of triple h when triple h was both manager and uh and talent because triple h was so high up in the company that realistically his word was law and because he had the the, the history of, of of being such a great talent he had the ability to say i am or i am not going to work with you but he was ultimately, able to do that with but everybody ultimately, though. yeah and ultimately yeah. if vince told him if vince said hunter this is what you're going to do Hunter, whether he liked the person or not, yeah. would have done it. Because Hunter, yeah, because, <laughs> what? yeah but, but, he, but he still did it. He, like with Hogan, I mean, yeah, Hogan he, is the sure, prime would, example of this. You know, Hogan, and, and again, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying anything about what the outcome of said CM Punk FTR <laughs> and Elite matches yeah. or he Kenny Omega versus uh, a Punk matches. I'm saying the 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 those Hunter matches happened, and when yeah. Hunter when Hunter was at that high level. Hunter did have the ability to pick and choose. Yeah, I want to work with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I, I mean, want to do I, this. I want to do that. But honestly, ultimately, if Vince said, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to do. Honestly, the whole argument is a moot point because they're it what all I've all I've heard, regardless of you know what you think the, the the elite should be in management position or not, is that they legally can't talk to each other. So legally they can't work with each other. So all all together. Well, I mean that that part that, that can get that can get removed real quick. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that can that can, but I don't think I don't think either side is is budging much. I think that all of this CM Punk leaking the oh I want to work with them. They just are the problem. That, I think that that's that's just CM that's Punk childish. working working yeah, working media again. Yeah. Uh, but Stat King. I know we 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 went way over uh, the time <laughs> you were supposed to be here due to this debate that we got into. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media and everything <laughs> they can see. Sorry for monopolizing your time like that. No, no, you guys are good. You guys are good. Uh, you guys can catch me here on the on our Patreon channel uh, with with True Heel Heat, uh, where I cover AEW Dark Elevation and NWA Power. Uh, in the news also is that elevation is ending being canceled so to speak uh probably because there's a lot of tapings that have to happen and if they're going to do a saturday show uh it's easier for logistics to not have to worry about different things you're reducing the risk of injury and all that kind of stuff but dark and power will still continue uh so we will still continue you can also catch me on true heel heat sports we just had the uh the first round of the nfl draft breakdown i'm sure romeo and i will be doing something in the near future to cover some of the rest of the draft that happens i mean the 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 rest of the rounds are four through seven are happening now are starting now but also we will be continuing our coverage on thhs with basketball finals since lakers continuing their their march towards a, another potential championship who knows uh we will be covering yeah baseball as it as it continues and just as last year when we had our uh football offseason stuff leading into the season we will be coming back and doing all of that fun stuff doing our division by division breakdown and where we see all of the uh the, the season for the nfl shaken out so uh yeah Thanks for thanks for having me as always. Uh, I love being on here just in general, but particularly with the with the legal stuff, it's it's fun. 
yeah, yeah. It was, it was great talking this with you. Uh, yes. Stat King, I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I'd rather argue with Stat King than anyone else on wrestling Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Stat King, for joining us. We appreciate you, sir, as always. Get to the missus and tell her we said hi. Well, um, <laughs> good seeing you again. Yeah. Good seeing you, brother. Yeah. Good seeing you. Bye. All right. We got we got more stuff to to go over, and now I have to go over it extra fast because uh, I don't want this to be a four hour podcast. Um, <laughs> AEW Dynamite uh, this week. Uh, they did eight hundred. Uh, yes, eight hundred and sixty. What is it? Uh, I got it right here. 63,000 fans uh, for this week's episode. And uh, it was an interesting episode, to say the least, because we got the debut of Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong making his shocking debut, mm -hmm. coming out and making the save for Adam Cole, embracing his former Undisputed Arab member, as well as Orange Cassidy and Bandito, and got to lay out the Jericho Appreciation Society. Speaking of Orange Cassidy, he defeated Bandito in a great opening matchup uh, to retain the AEW International Championship and uh, gained a new best friend in the in the <laughs> in the process. <laughs> Sammy Guevara beat Darby Allen via disqualification in a very good bout. A lot yeah. of action in this one, thanks to an assist from MJF. However, Tony Schiavone via Tony Khan announced that MJF and Sammy will team to face Jungle Boy and Darby Allen next week. And if Jungle Boy and Darby Allen win it will be a pillars four-way match for the aew world championship at double or nothing on may 28th uh jade cargo beat taya valkyrie in a very solid match that had jade pulling out moves we never seen from her before to retain the tbs championship in controversial fashion due to taya not being able to use her role to valhalla finisher you had mm -hmm. jeff jared beat uh dark dax harwood in a surprisingly good matchup uh to further Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal's attempt to get another shot at the AEW World Tag Team titles. And then in the main event, Kenny Omega and Konosuke Takeshna defeated the Butcher and the Blade in a fun main event matchup. Post-match, the Blackpool Combat Club jumped Omega until the Young Bucks came out and made the save. Omega attempted to stab Moxley with a screwdriver in the head, but Konosuke Takeshna saved him before the BCC retook control and jumped Takeshna with Moxley stabbing Konosuke in the head with the screwdriver to bust him open to end the show. I thought this was a better show from the week prior. What did you think about this week's Dynamite? What was your biggest highlight from the show, Chris? I'm, I'm in agreement with you. My biggest highlight was Roderick Strong debuting. Um, I do think that AEW is starting to hit a lull where their shows are not feeling like um, must watch television at the moment is feeling like I can, oh, I can watch this um, on DVR later. Uh, but it was awesome seeing Roderick Strong there. Um, as as big of a dork as I think uh, Bobby Fish was for the stuff he was saying, out of just all the out-of-pocket shit that he was saying that um, got him released from AEW, I do think it would be nice if he joined the um, other. Well, to be to be fair to Bobby Fish, he asked for his release. He, the, the, he, yeah. he 
he honestly asked for his release because he thought he could go back to WWE. Right. Whoa, he and... overplayed his hand. Yeah, exactly. He played himself. That's yes, what I'm yes. that's what I was trying to get yes, at. That yes, was the yes. ultimate I'm not him moment of him right. thinking he can leave AEW yes. to get re-signed by WWE without yes. any of the undisputed ever members because Kyle and yes. Adam told him, nah, we good here, bro. And yes, he yes. and he thought, Oh, I could still go over there, maybe I could get a trainer's yes. deal. Didn't get anything and wound up in impact for a week before they were like, Oh, we don't need you anymore. Yeah, yeah. I I think like Bobby Fish is valuable with the undisputed guys. I think I you got to kind of understand that it's like a Marty Janetti, Jim Neidhart situation. It's not that they're not valuable. They're just more valuable with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, you know, and that's just where Bobby Fish is at this stage in his career. And there's nothing wrong with that. I thought he was very, very serviceable as um, a tag team um, in the Undisputed Era. And I thought that, you know, he had a good situation in AEW. The fact that he got fired, no, that, that he got hired so fast after being released shows that the company did see the same value in him that we saw. So, you know, overplaying your hand like that, playing yourself like that is just ill-advised, but... I'm I'm excited about um, Roderick Strong. I do. I, I one thing I will say is Jay White feels like just another guy on the AEW roster. Almost immediately, they've got to um, fix that, and at the yeah. same time, they got to do that with Ricky Starks as well. You know, they, these people need to feel special. They don't need to feel like just guys that are spinning their wheels. And right now, that's how they feel. I agree with you there. They got to do something to make sure because I feel like Roger Strong had a better debut with the company than Jay White had. So that, yes, that, that I says, agree. That says everything. <laughs> yeah. And Jay White is a much bigger star than Roger right. Strong on his own. Uh, yes. As previously reported, uh, AEW is set to launch their new Saturday show uh, coming up, which will likely be called Collision. It will be on primetime uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. And the series will, uh, apparently the belief is that it will debut on June 17th at the United Center uh, in Chicago, and it will feature the return of CM Punk. Uh, what we what we've learned now is that the it will apparently be on TNT. From uh, this was reported by Andrew Zarian of the Matman Podcast. Uh, he reported this on Monday that uh, in a post on Twitter that it, TNT is the likely candidate to get the new show. He noted that it will run from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. If that happens, it's likely the show will be preempted often due to sports coverage. And the Wrestling Observer Newsletter had more details on the plans. According to the report, there will also be another huge name, major name that will either be returning or debuting on the show along with CM Punk. Due to airing on Saturdays, there will be a lot of preemptions throughout the year with NBA, NHL, MLB playoffs, as well as possible NCAA basketball and U.S. national soccer games. June 17th was chosen as the debut because there won't be any NBA or NHL games for a while after that time. It's believed that the show will be announced either on or right before May 17th, which 
which is usually the Warner Brothers Discovery upfront. As for mm -hmm. other AEW shows, Rampage will continue to air on TNT on Fridays. Dark and Dark Elevation has been a subject of discussion backstage, but AEW has not made any announcements on their future. It was noted that uh, the most recent episode of Elevation was dubbed the final episode by Fight on International TV. Uh, mm -hmm. The rumor is that Collision will allow AEW to have a soft roster split so people that don't get along can be on separate shows. This uh, The idea is that the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club will work Wednesdays for Dynamite, while FTR and CM Punk will work Saturdays for Collision. It is possible that Chris Jericho will be on Saturdays as well to give Punk a strong opponent, and this is possibly why Punk and Chris Jericho had a meeting to resolve the, their issues, and reports suggested that the meeting actually went well. It happened on April 21st, as Jericho wasn't at this week's episode of Dynamite and taped his video appearance ahead of time. FIFO Select reports that Punk met with Jericho over the past week to resolve the heat between the two, and the two are said to have not been on great terms since the all-out brawl with Jericho reportedly yelling at Punk after the incident and Punk calling Jericho a stooge in his infamous deleted Instagram <laughs> post. According to the report, uh, sources close to the situation said that the meeting wasn't eventful considering the issues that the two have had. The sources said that it seemed as the two could work together without issues, though they pointed out Punk's recent history and Jericho's reputation of welcoming confrontation. One source said, well, it's positive that Jericho and Punk didn't fight before jokingly adding, well, yet. So what do you think about Punk and Jericho possibly being the mainline feud for the Saturday show and everything concerning AEW Collision coming up June 17th? Um, I, I'm cool with this. I, I'm cool with AEW Collision. But I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't need any more wrestling. Like, I'm... I, I have a lot of downtime, you know, when I'm, a, when I'm home, you know, something to watch. I'm not going to be home every Saturday night, but when um, when I am home, I, I got no problem wa watching this and being cool with it. I do. I think AEW Collision, um, this might be naivete on my part, but I think it's going to be a success. I'm cool with CM Punk and Jericho feuding. I think their feud in WWE was lame, not because of them. I think it was lame because the storyline that was attached to it was was stupid. Your dad was an alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. Like, like this is like, to me, that's like, this is what people have in their lives. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not a taboo thing. You're like, you're not going to. I, I have a, a dead father, you know, and somebody making fun of my dead father. You're not going to hurt my feelings doing that because he's played out you know he didn't just recently die it was a long time ago you know so i, I think that kind of cheap heat bullshit um was hampered that feud i think in aew they can have a, a more um a better feud and they could hit a lot of those beats where cm punk uh, where Jericho was alleged to have called CM Punk a cancer to the locker room, and CM and Jericho was alleged to tell people, um, "I'm not letting um, CM Punk work here again." I, I could see that that feud being a lot of fun. I think it it has a potential feud of the year uh, qualifications. And and keep in mind, I am somebody who has been bored with Chris Jericho. 
um, for the last uh, almost two years, not quite two years, but almost two years. I've just been completely bored with him. But I think a feud with Punk with these extra layers of shit that we were arguing about for like seems like three hours. <laughs> um, I think I think that it adds to this. And I think AEW is in a very good prime position. Um, I am looking forward to AEW Collision. I agree with you there. There's going to be some really good promos with Punk and Jericho if they can use some of the real-life stuff that we've learned about. And final note from AEW, as previously reported, Roderick Strong made his debut on Dynamite on Wednesday. On Thursday's Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that very few knew that Strong's WWE contract was expiring, and most did not. Fightful Select adds that WWE had been silent about his status in the company, and the late last update was that there had been talks of making him a coach at the performance center for the rest of his contract it's unknown if he was ever aware of that idea he signed a new deal with wwe in 2021 and at the time was set to be the focal point of a rebooted nxt cruiserweight division eventually triple h lost control of nxt and those plans changed added plans for his diamond mine when several names were released including artius ruos uh, marina shafir stoke Hathaway, Hideki Suzuki, and Tyler Russ. Strong asked for his release last year, and it was initially denied. Sources in WWE believe that the deal was supposed to go until 2024, but that hasn't been confirmed, and talent spoken to before this happened weren't aware of his status, just that he hadn't been at the Performance Center in quite some time. 2K was recently told not to include Strong in the WWE 2K23 game, and it was said that Strong was clear to wrestle and doing well physically, obviously proven, la proven on Wednesday night when he appeared on Dynamite. AEW talent were said to be pleasantly surprised by the news, as Strong is liked by many in the company, and like we've seen, he's one of the good friends of Adam Cole, very good friends with Kyle O'Reilly, and his wife, Marina Shafir, works in the company. So this just seemed like a... Yeah. Uh, a no-brainer move. As soon as he asked for his release, I knew his next stop was AEW. Yeah, I think I think anybody that you don't even have to cover this stuff to kind of <laughs> know that was going to happen. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for AEW. I hope this is a fruitful, long relationship. Um, and um, he, the ideas that I was hearing that WWE was trying to saddle him with um, were, were very stupid. Um, I, I mean, Rod, Roddy Strong is still young and vibrant, and he belongs. He doesn't belong on the bench. He doesn't belong. At, he's not a second tier player, so I, I think he's where he belongs. Yeah, and he seems like he was happy with the move that he did as well. So always like to see people happy where they work and not asking for releases and being yeah. denied like he was previously. Uh, but we got to move back to WWE uh, with WWE Raw this past week. They did 1.815 million viewers. And the show, of course, everybody was talking about the segment where Triple H introduced the World Heavyweight Championship with the first 
first champion to be crowned at Night of Champions on May 27th. Cody Rhodes defeated uh, Finn Balor on the show in a good matchup. You also had the Usos and Solo Sokoa beat LWO in a fun six-man tag. Later in the show, uh, Sami Zayn questioned Jay Uso on dedicating their title win to uh, to Roman Reigns on SmackDown and not doing it for himself. While Jimmy Uso then played some mind games with Sami, making him believe Kevin Owens would turn on him if they lose on SmackDown. Obviously, we saw Zayn and Owens won, so we'll see what's next for the bloodline. And then in the main event, Damian Priest got disqualified against Rey Mysterio, but post-match, Bad Bunny showed up and to attack Damian Priest with a kendo stick, and then he challenged him to a San Juan street fight at Backlash on May 6th. But like I said, everybody from this show is talking about the World Heavyweight Championship, so let's talk about the news and notes coming out of that. Triple H brought back the WWE World heavyweight title on Raw on Monday night, and fans immediately began to wonder if Vince McMahon was behind the idea. However, Sports Illustrated reports that the decision to bring back the title was Triple H's idea, and that McMahon had nothing to do with it. Triple H reportedly wanted each brand to have its own champion and thought this was the best idea with Roman Reigns as the undisputed uh, universal champion presiding on, over SmackDown, which is why the decision was made to introduce a new world title on Raw. Triple H's ties, of course, to the World Heavyweight Championship go back to the inaugural champion on Raw in 2002. And the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that the return of the World Heavyweight Championship is why the PLE is changed from Night of Champions from King of the Ring or Queen of the Ring. Uh, since it was a sudden change, it appears the decision to debut the new title at this event was a recent one, and the plan to create a second or third, since Roman Reigns has two, top title, was thought up when the belts were unified at WrestleMania 38. Before that match, executives felt that WWE needed two titles, but the thought was that they should wait a certain amount of time. Around November, the plan was for the champion to be crowned at night one of WrestleMania, and at the time, it was going to be Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, or possibly a three-way with Cody Rhodes if they were unable to get The Rock versus Roman Reigns on night two of WrestleMania. And yeah. WrestleVotes reported earlier this week that Seth Rollins is indeed considered the top candidate to become the inaugural World Heavyweight Champion. What did you think about the introduction of the new title? And, I mean... It's it's the we can't beat Roman title. Like, yes, that's what yes. I. That's how it was introduced to us, and that's how I'm always going to view it now. Right, and I do think that giving it to Seth Rollins first is a mistake, um, because that just solidifies it being um, the we can't beat Ro beat Roman title. Because I think the person that holds that title first needs to be someone who hasn't been beaten by Roman Reigns. I came up with the idea. Well, well in this reign, Seth hasn't been beaten by Roman. He beat not, Roman by DQ. Yeah, but that's he, he's tried and didn't succeed at it. So I, I do think that Seth needs, I think it needs to be someone else. Um, I came up with the Bobby Lashley thing, not because Bobby Lashley is black, but just because they're one on one and one with each other, him and Roman, and sure. um, and he's the only like one of the few people that the the bloodline haven't really embarrassed in this run. Um, I just like you said, man. This is just like okay, let's some brainchild that the 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 mind of WWE is like okay, let's 
make a belt for all the dweebs who can't hang with Roman Reigns and 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 uh, have them fight over it. This is to me. This is like twenty four seven title territory, man. This is this is bad. Um, but I, I do trust they will they will make it important. I'm not a big big fan of the look of the belt. I don't hate it, but I that logo just smack dab in the middle um kind of rubs me the wrong way but um i I know that's just something that they're gonna do from now on that branding is is something that's important to them um do you know if this world title is gonna share lineage with um the big gold belt that hasn't been specified as of yet i would like it to but Mm -hmm. they already kind of ended the big gold belt right yeah like like uh like stat king said earlier they ended that with the uh when randy orton uh unified the world heavyweight championship with the wwe championship right yeah so you know we'll see what that but they've entered like like they interviewed the like they uh unified the intercontinental title with the world title before right and then brought it back yeah yeah so i mean they they could do whatever the fuck they want um wwe yeah exactly (laughs) so um look look, man i I just want to see good wrestling programming um i i don't i do think on a meta level i think the bloodline storyline could continue if new actors were put in it just like you know the um the bullet club right because yeah. you know every you know so often they the, the members change um and there's more than enough uh samoans and pacific islanders that you can put <laughs> in the bloodline to keep that thing going on forever and ever and ever you know you could get uh tamatanga or you know all those cats. You know what I'm Jacob saying? Fatu this week Jacob talked Fatu. about he would he would love to be a part of the bloodline. So. Yeah, so I mean they they've, they've got options with that faction, but this but this current iteration of it is old and played out. So it is. Um, it just is what it is. Most definitely. Uh, Let's move on to NXT, which had their spring break-in show this week. They were up in the ratings. They did 647,000 viewers. Uh, The show featured Carmelo Hayes defeating Grayson Waller. And what was a really good matchup between the two uh, pillars of NXT uh, to retain the NXT championship? Uh, Melo won. And then after the matchup, he challenged Braun Breaker to to an NXT championship matchup at Battle ground on May 28th, which led to Breaker attacking both Mello and Trick, ending with Braun spearing Mello through a damn gimmicked wall. Uh, in the main event, you had Indy <laughs> Hartwell. Indy Hartwell survived a nasty, scary leg injury right. to gut through it and defeat Roxanne Perez and, Steph- and Tiffany Stratton in a triple threat match to retain the NXT Women's Championship. And we had another goofy segment as uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stacks the family beat pretty deadly in the first ever trunk match and then later in the show they put wilson and prince in the river so they could sleep with the fishes yes this happened i felt like i was watching impact wrestling how impact wrestling kills off everyone that's leaving the company but uh you liked mellow versus uh grayson waller on on spring breaking this week oh yeah um i didn't i didn't watch uh, nxt live because i just NXT is okay. one of those yeah, shows that, <laughs> that just 
drive me crazy. But since I knew I was doing this show, I did watch uh, Grayson Waller versus uh, Mello. Awesome, awesome, awesome match. You know, um, I, I do think uh, Mello is starting to outgrow um, NXT. The problem with NXT is they need Mello at the moment. So Mello is in one of these weird situations where he's outgrown NXT, but NXT is probably the best position for him at the moment because you do not know what the vision of him will be on the main roster. So um, I'm, I'm really willing to let him marinate in, in NXT for a little while. And then um, hopefully he comes up and hopefully he doesn't end up like, um, like um, Johnny wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's a, yeah, that's the worst one right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that they definitely do need them. And uh, shouts out to Indy Hartwell for surviving that uh, leg injury because that was a nasty yes. one. Oh yes, and yes. she was wearing a walking boot when she got drafted to Raw last night during the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a trooper, and I always respect um, the wrestlers that put themselves through that. Man, even like anytime I talk smack about a wrestler, it's always on some wrestling shit. It's never personal. Um, Indy Hartwell is is a trooper. Um, she's a warrior, and I um, just wish her a speedy recovery. Absolutely. Uh, news coming out of NXT this week: the Dyad have confirmed that their releases for WWE have been denied, as was reported earlier this month. The NXT <coughs> stars Jagged Reed and Rip Fowler had asked for their release, and the two are currently part of the Schism faction in the brand. Uh, both men posted to Twitter on Monday to confirm that they had been denied their request for a release, and uh, they Fowler wrote today: WWE have denied our release, which was which was requested on April 3rd and on the 15th of October 2023 we will be free agents again I personally want to thank all of our fans for your continued support it means the, a lot to both of us especially during times like these we'll see you on the 16th Reed added, as of today, WWE has denied my request for a release for my release. I want to thank you all for your support throughout my career. I'll never take that for granted. My contract with WWE expires on the 14th of October 2023. I'm excited to share our next chapter once we are free agents. So it, it seemed that's very depressing that they're not able to get their their release. Yeah. Um, According to WWE to Fightful Select, the UK-based stars are planning to continue working in the U.S. after they exit WWE. Reed and Fowler were working uh, for NXT UK before they came up to the main NXT brand. On a week where Roger Strong seemingly got his release, it seems like they are not given the same benefit. Right, I, and I and I this always sucks for for talent, you know, because it's like. You don't want to do anything with these guys, but you don't want anybody else to have them. This is just kind of like the kid who's um, got the new Nintendo or Sega or whatever, and he's all into that. Um, but the minute he sees his cousin playing with his jacks in the corner, he's like, oh, let me I, stop playing with the jacks. I want to play with those. You know, it, it, it makes no sense. It's it's dumb. Um, and this is why I like the I, I, people always give AEW uh, crap for um, having talent go on um, dark and wrestle and stuff like that. I never mind that because I rather the talent just 
if you don't have anything for them on main on the main shows, just keep them in the background until you can think of something for them that is good and something that they can sink their teeth in. You don't want to just have talent on your TV just to have them and not do anything good with them. Um, because this is what, um, it, it does no favor to your talent. It does no favor to you as a company because you have these guys that are rotting away. Um, yeah, man. Um, I, you know, I hope this is, um, I, you know, I hope they, I hope they are, they get their release, but October is not going to be that long far away you know we're already in the second quarter of um 2023 so exactly so hopefully they can get through this time right now um moving on to one of the biggest shows of the year so far uh stardom all-star grand queendom was last sunday and what turned out to be a one of the very best shows of the year uh you had in the main event uh tam nakano defeated julia in an epic outstanding main event to win the world of stardom championship <clears throat> uh, you also had mina shirakawa beat saya kamatani in a superb storytelling telling base bout to win the wonder of stardom championship you also had shuri defeated uh, shihiro hashimoto in one of the hard, most hard-hitting matches regardless of gender of the whole entire year between an mma fighter and a big hoss uh the new eras beat seven up to win the goddess of stardom championship and restart defeated uh prominence in a great trios match to win the artist of stardom championship in hameka's a uh, retirement match she was defeated by Micah in an emotional battle, and uh, Mayo Iotani defeated Mercedes Monet in a terrific bout to win the IWGP Women's Championship. But the talk coming out was about all the success for this show. It did its highest attendance ever for stardom. It did six times the amount of international buys, and a lot of that came down to Mercedes Monet. Uh, she may not be the IWGP Women's uh, Champion, but it seemed like she was sticking around with N NJPW and stardom for the immediate future. On Sunday, the Wrestling Observer reported that Monet agreed to a contract extension with Bushi Road ahead of her match at Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom. There's no word on how long the extension was supposed to be. Monet said following her loss at, at uh, All-Star Grand Queendom that she would be appearing at New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence on May 21st in Los Angeles. On Monday's Wrestling Observer Radio, it was noted that the decision to have Monet lose the title to Mayu Iwatani was made a while ago go before Monet signed her extension. Uh, Monet is next to set to appear at New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgent on the 21st, and it's unknown how long she has signed with Bushi Road. Though on Monday, Fightful Select reported that according to members of Monet's team, as of now, the contract for New Japan is just for the Resurgence event on May 21st. The site notes that sources in NJPW were not sure on the length of the deal, but did say that there would be no matches scheduled in Japan at least for a while and said that nothing about any specific matches coming up. Sources at NJPW and Stardom both have said positive things about Monet backstage and noted that she seems as she's enjoying the experience. Both Monet and Stardom in particular are said to be open to doing further business in the future, but the report notes that it would probably need to be a bigger renegotiation due to the improved appearance for her appearance. 
uh, an improved business for her appearance. Excuse me. On Thursday, Fightful Select reported that the relationship between NJPW and Mercedes Monet has been a positive one thus far. And while she is not currently signed to anything long term, NJPW hopes that they can continue working with her. And then later on Thursday, NJPW announced that the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Championship Tournament will be for a resurgence on May 21st. That will see Mercedes Monet face CMLL's Stephanie Wenger, uh, while Stardom's Momo Kongo will face AEW's Willow Nightingale with the winner of each match facing each other in the finals the same night to crown an inaugural champion. So it seems she's going to win another title. It seems like right. it, it, it's a no-brainer that she's going to win the New Japan Strong uh, Championship. But what have you thought about Mercedes Monet's whole experience in Japan and how she's become really like the hottest female star in the business because of her exertion in Japan? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the thing with Mercedes Monet. And the only person um, and I heard, because um, this isn't my original thought, but I heard Jesse Collins say this on the Je Gentleman Wrestling Podcast. He said that um, that Mercedes Monet and CM Punk have an emotional connection to fans that nobody else has. Um, and Mercedes Monet, um, she definitely has that, and she brings that connectivity everywhere she goes. Um, I am happy for her. I I, I love Mercedes. Uh, Monet and Trinity because they just th to this day have not talked about what led to them leaving WWE and I'm, I'm glad they've done it. It's not any of our business. It'd be nice if they said it and give us something to talk about but um, this mystery um, is is great. And I think that uh, Mercedes um, um, with, the, with, the, with the strong title she'll be fine. We're, look, man, they need stars. I, I, I hate to always bring this back to AEW or WWE, but that collision show is going to need some bodies. It is, you know? <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure that she's going to be somebody that will they'll, – they'll, there'll be a lot of zeros uh, behind her uh, contract. Her contract, like – like she she easily be getting seven figures if she signs with AEW. So I'm just I'm not trying to pressure her into doing anything, but you know, um, ah, I'm so happy for Mercedes Monet. I am as well, and I loved you know Stardom All Star Grand Queendom, but a lot right. of the reason why I was able to talk about it on this channel, and we got big responses. Our preview did a thousand views. Our our review has almost done nine hundred views, and a lot of that comes down to people's right. interest in Mercedes Monet. So I, yeah. I do contribute that to her, but we're definitely yeah. going to talk more anytime, about Stardom on this channel. Anytime we talk about Mercedes Monet. Um, on our podcast, Mercedes Monet, Vince McMahon, CM Punk, the numbers are always through the roof. It's, yeah, this is what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Love it. Uh, we got New Japan Pro Wrestling Road to uh, Dantaku was this week. Uh, the One of their premiere shows uh, coming up to the big show this coming Wednesday. That show had Hiromu Takahashi defeating Yoshinabu Kanemaru to retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. You also had Tensuya Naito defeating uh, Doki of Just Five Guys. And Kushida and Kevin Knight pulling off the upset, the Jet Setters, defeating Catch 2-2 to win the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Kevin Knight just became the sixth African-American to win a title in New Japan Pro Wrestling and the first from the new class of the LA Dojo, a trainee of Kasashori Shibata, to win a championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I've met Kevin Knight before, one of the nicest guys, so talented, he's got so much explosiveness, so much hops, definitely go out of your way to see it, and the match was great against Catch 2-2 this past Thursday. And then this morning, they had uh, Satsumo Nukeno, and they featured another new champion as Taichi <coughs> defeated... Uh, defeated Shingo Takagi to win the King of Pro Wrestling 2023 championship in a near 45-minute war. He also had Aussie Open beating TMDK to retain the IWGP Tag Team Championships in New Japan Pro Wrestling News. Speaking of Aussie Open, their United Empire leader in an interview with DAZN, Will Ospreay revealed that his current contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling is set to expire in February of next year. He yeah. mentioned the news when, Nat, when asked if Dave Meltzer's star ratings matter to him. He said yes and no. The reason why why I said yes. I said no is because they don't impact my paycheck. I still get paid the same regardless. In my right. humble opinion, they don't matter in terms of financial gain, but in terms of viewership, because I'm this British kid who has done it on the indie shows, I know that when I'm my New Japan contract comes up, there'll be a fight for who wants to, the best five-star uh, wrestler right now. If you ask somebody like Jay White, he yeah. hates it, and Billy Ray, he hates it as well. I can't help but say that it does wonders for me. My contract with New Japan is up next February, so from that point, who's not gonna want this kid who's dedicated to being a hard worker and wanting to put on the best quality of matches? And then in an interview with Dark Parisio Flosion, Osprey said that he's confident that he and New Japan will be able to work out a new deal. He said, I just want to know what my options are. It doesn't mean I'm leaving NJPW. I'm positive me and NJPW will work out a deal, but in case we don't, I want to provide for my family and wrestle how I want to wrestle and most importantly, be happy. Do you foresee Will Ospreay re-signing with NJPW or may he go elsewhere when his contract expires next February? Um, I, I don't know how much he wants to um, challenge himself, but I could I could see him going um, elsewhere. Um, I, I on a on a sidebar, I do agree with what he said about the star ratings. Those are going to be as important as you want them to be. I look at those like you know Siskel and Ebert giving a movie thumbs up or Rotten Tomato scores. You know, it's not like they don't matter. It's just how much do they matter to you as an individual? I don't think you need to hate them and you know talk death to Meltzer and all that shit. Uh, but they're they're there, and you can feel how you want to feel about them, right? And some sometimes they might help you out, and sometimes they might not. But um, yeah, I definitely want Osprey 
um, to do whatever he thinks is the most because right now we're in an environment where you you don't even know um, if going to AEW or WWE um, is gonna what what does it mean in uh, 2023 2024 like what yeah. what like like who how like they WWE let um, Jay White just go to AEW like what does this mean to to those people right so I think you just got to make whatever um, the right decision is for yourself I agree and like you said the star ratings can help guys it's helped guys like Kenny Omega in the past right. AJ Styles was another one that was helped out by that, and now yeah, yeah. is kind of in that line. Final New Japan Pro Wrestling news. Uh, the lineup was announced for this year's Best of Super Juniors 30 tournament. Uh, it was announced on Thursday at the Road to Duntaku. The A block is absolutely stacked. You got four-time winner Hiromu Takahashi, TJP, Kashida, two-time winner, Rasushi Taguchi, who's won it in 2012, Taiji Ishimori, Sho, Doki, uh, Teton, Leo Rush, and Speedball Mike Bailey. This is Leo Rush and Speedball's first appearance in the Best of Super Juniors. B Block has a bunch of bangers as well, as you got Francisco Akira, El Desperado, Bushi, Yoshinabu Kanamaru, Yo, Robbie Eagles, Mastawato, Clark Connors, the newest member of the Bullet Club, Kevin the Jet Knight, and Dan Maloney. Dan Maloney and the Jet making their first appearance in the Best of Super Juniors. We'll have a preview up on the channel ahead of the tournament with myself and Jay News breaking everything down. Uh, this week, we also had GCW Scene of the Crime with Masha Slamovich beating Sawyer Wreck to retain the GCW World title. You had Blake Christian defeating Alex Zane in a good matchup and Jordan Oliver beat Shikahiro Irie to retain the GCW World Championship. Impact on Access TV this week. The show featured Jordan Grace defeating Masha Slamovich in a very good opener. You also had the ABC beat The Design, thanks to distraction from Sally, Sammy Callahan. And Deanna Perazzo beat Ty, uh, Taylor Wilde to retain the Impact Knockouts World Championship. In the main event, post-match, the coven jumped Deanna, and she was helped out by Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace and Deanna Perazzo will verse the coven for the Knockouts Tag Team titles, I believe, in two weeks on Impact. Impact on Access TV. And speaking of coming up this week on Impact on Access TV, it's going to yes. be a very, very big one, <sighs> Professor Chris and everybody right. watching. As a new report had details on Thursday that Fightful Select uh, confirmed the report from PW Insider that Trinity Fought 2, the former Naomi, had been in talks with Impact Wrestling and was set to debut at last night's TV taping. She has been billed on social media as a major surprise for the company. Uh, mm -hmm. She hasn't been seen in a wrestling ring or any wrestling company since her and Mercedes Monet walked out of WWE in May of last year. She has been backstage at New Japan, GCW, and ROH recently, and WWE was confident in January that she would resign there, but they had obviously not been able to do that. And then on Friday night, Impact officially announced Trinity's appearance on the company with her debut for next week's show. Impact announced the segment that took place on Friday night's uh, taping. This is a picture from the taping. Her 
Ferrari looking beautiful as always. And uh, it should yes. also be noted that Mercedes Monet was at the taping in support of Trinity Fatu. Uh, she commented on the on the debut saying that Trinity Fatu is here to make an impact. She about to knock out all the competition and leave them in the rear view. Love that. Love the support. <laughs> Yeah, I love the line too. Right there. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about Trinity Fatu going to Impact Wrestling? I I I, I do like this. I I I'll, I'll go as far as to say I love it. Now I, I I will go on record to say I do think Trinity belongs in one of the major two companies, but I think she figured that this is the best fit for her at the moment. Um, I don't know. Um, I think going to um, Impact. Um, won't I, and I don't know if going to AEW would burn a bridge per se, but I think with with going, I think the through line from Impact to WWE is a lot different than AEW to WWE. If that's what she desire does desires to do, um, either way, I'm happy for her, and I will be home. Um, on Thursday, watching this live, I think that um. This is she. She instantly becomes the biggest star um, in Impact. Going there, um, tell me I'm wrong, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm never married to an argument. So if, if you tell me I'm wrong, I, um, I'll cons- and it, it, you make a sound argument, I I'll concede it. But she's think- she's joining one of the more stacked women's divisions because you got yeah. people like Deanna Perrazzo yeah. and Jordan Grace. A great and- a great women's division. Masha Slamovich, Ta- yeah. uh, Tasha Steeles, Giselle Shaw, Mickey James, if she's able to come back and she's healthy, yeah. that's another one. So there's a plethora of people there, but you'd be hard pressed to see anyone that's at the star power, the star level as her. They just re-signed Nick Aldis. So that's two big sign-ins for right. Impact Wrestling in a matter of like a week and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great, great stuff for um, Impact Wrestling, and um, I, th- I think the future is is bright for um, Trinity. Um, and I think she made the the decision that was best for her um, at this time in her life. You know. Yeah. I think she definitely made the right decision and a lot of people happy in the chat. Uh, Safet saying, I'm glad that Trinity went to Impact Wrestling. Frantic World saying, congrats to Trinity for joining Impact Wrestling. So I look forward to, you know, we'll have our watch along on twitch.tv forward slash True Hill Heat Gaming with Chris G and Ness for Blunt Impact watching this week's Impact episode. So you'll be, you'll be hard pressed. You know we're going to put Trinity in the thumbnail for sure. Uh, ROH TV is the final show that we missed. The show featured uh, Blake Christian defeating Gringo Loco in an extremely fun main event. You also had Christopher Daniels cut a fabulous promo about his legacy and challenge Samoa Joe for the ROH World TV title next week. Lee, Lee Moriarty beat Rocky Romero in a solid bout thanks to interference from Big Bill. And then after the match, Romero challenged Moriarty to a pure rules match next week on the show. So some good stuff all around the wrestling road, some good right. wrestling. So we'll end things off as we usually end yeah. it when there's no pay-per-views with match of the week. This is where we give our picks for the best matches that we saw from the weeks, the matches that you most need to watch. So sound off in the live chat if you're still with us, you're watching us live, or even if you're watching us on demand. And let us know in the comments down below your top three, top five matches from this past week. I will start things off and I will just say 
I think my whole list comes from one show, Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom. So just to get that out of the way, I will say honorable mentions to Hiromu versus Yoshinabu Kanamaru, as well as the Jet Setters versus... Um, versus catch two two from thursday we're not going to include anything from this morning that'll be included on next week's show so i can watch and kind of focus on this this morning show from new japan but all my matches come from all stars uh stardom all-star grand queendom number five i got restart versus prominence for the artists of stardom championship that was the trios titles number four i got mayu iwatani versus mercedes monet Number three, I got Shuri versus uh, Shihiro Hashimoto. Number two, I got Mina Shirakawa versus Saya Kamatani. And number one, it's one of my, I think my eighth or ninth five-star match that I rated this year, Julia versus Tam Nakano from Stardom All-Star Grand Kingdom for the World of Stardom Championship. Chris, yeah. what's your matches of the week this week? So my matches of the week, um, I, I, I was going to say uh, Woods versus Gunther, but that was the lat, the week before, right? So I can't say that one. Um, I'm going to say uh, the Mellow match. Um, um, why am I blanking? The, this is a brain fog. Mellow and Grayson Waller? Yeah, Grayson Waller. I, th I, I thought that match was um, excellent. Um, <clears throat> I actually like Jade's match with uh, Tyre Valkyrie. I saw people not liking it online. I thought it was um, fine. I do think that Jade needs to graduate. I think Jade needs to be a part of that feud with the originals versus the outcasts or whatever. Um, and then um, I also liked um, last last or yet last afternoons rather out here in Los Angeles a rampages show I thought um the matches on that show um were um were great um I like um it was a uh, I want to say it was double J and um are oh, you mean the Jay lethal and cash Wheeler yeah, was that was that Friday night or was that that was that was Friday uh, yeah, Jeff yeah, Jared yeah. and Dax was on Wednesday yeah Okay, yeah. So um I think like Jeff Jarrett is just continues to impress me um in this role, man. So um yeah, that those are my picks. And uh yeah, we've been at it for a minute, man. We've been uh <laughs> We've come to the close. Thank you so much, yeah. uh, Chris, for uh, sticking through for what was a crazy episode. Talk about the WWE lawsuit, the CM Punk argument of uh, 2023 that we got <laughs> into earlier. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on, NWA podcast, uh, your article coming out for WrestleNomics. This man's a busy man, so let the people know. All right, so uh, Sid, I, I I love you. I love these kind of spirited debates every once in a while. Um, and the good thing about me is I live on the West Coast, so it's all it's only eleven thirty a.m. out here. So I still have a whole day ahead of me after this. You can find me at kmeasydoesit dot uh, kmeasydoesit on Twitter. Um, I hear is that Harlem in the background? <laughs> Um, and uh, you can, yes, um, it is. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and, and you could, uh, you could uh, say hi. Hey, there Harlem, 
<laughs> yeah, you can find me. You can find me at um, kmbzdesert.com. Look for my WrestleNomics article dropping sometime this week. Um, it's at like I'm almost at three thousand words on this thing, so we're gonna probably nice. edit it down. Um, but um, yeah, man, wrestling is crazy right now. So um, just uh, thanks for the support and uh, Sid. Uh, th- thank you for letting me on this week. It was greatly appreciated. Nah, thank you for joining me, good brother. Always appreciate you. So go out of your way, support Chris on everything he's doing. His article on WrestleNomics that's going to be dropping. NWA podcast with him, Nate Milton, Andrew Thompson. Always great stuff at Post Wrestling. My favorite podcast over on that on that network, that platform. Doing great stuff over there. And you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. Follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TrueHeelSP3. Heat, like uh, Stat King said earlier, check out True Hill Heat Sports. We're closely approaching 400 subscribers over there. Well, I'll be back with Chris G on Monday for True Hill Heat Check, talking about the first round of the NBA playoffs and previewing the second round. My Los Angeles Lakers in yep. the second round. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat, $3 a month, more exclusive content. I might be dropping something a little bit special on there for New Japan Pro Wrestling fans. So check it out over there. And we got the latest week in the True Hill Heat Prediction Championship. And check out all the great stuff that's on the channel right now, especially my interview with former Impact World Champion, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, that is up right now. And tomorrow at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time is serving face and heels with Miss Chrissy Love and Stephanie Hypes talk about this week and women's wrestling. But thank you so much to everyone who's joining us in the chat. You guys have been amazing. Thanks for all the feedback, all the responses to everything we talked about on tonight's show. And remember, everyone can have an opinion and we are all here for the conversation so drop the thumbs up share it with your friends comment down below if you're watching on demand and subscribe if you are new for professor chris for stephanie hype for the stat king it is me it is me your true hill phenom sp3 this has been true hill heat 223 